right. It is Tuesday, uh, March 23rd, 2021 at exactly 7.22 p.m. Um, welcome to the MoFo Podcast. I'm your host, Moise Batiste, where I bring people that I believe I, I've learned from, I've, I've grown from, people that I respect and admire. Um, and our first series uh, uh, memories from Moon is me connecting with my former teammates and guys that I had a chance to recruit and coach. And uh, just talking about good times. And um, my next guest is no exception as far as uh, 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 very important to the winning ways of the Robert Morris University football program. Um, he is from originally the DMV area. Shout out to the DMV. That's the Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area, a place that I'm extremely fond of. Um, he's a two-time uh, ECAC champion. He's a two-time Northeast champion. Um, and for anybody that really understands the sport of football, um, especially on the side of the defense, um, you know, there's three levels, there's defensive line, there's linebackers and the defensive backs. Well, linebackers, um, our jobs is to do a whole lot of running around. We're like the hybrid players. But in front of us, for us to be successful, our big guys in front of us have to do their job. And if anybody know the, the discussion between the best defensive in the uh, NFL, you have uh, uh, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens or the 85 Bears, Statistically speaking, there is no argument. It's the uh, Baltimore Ravens 2000 team. And my next guest served as our Sam Adams. His job was just to take up space and make sure that the offensive line did not get to the linebackers. And he excelled at his job. Uh, uh, we, I'm, I'm calling him one of the true original leaders of the original freshman class at Robert Morris University, Mr. Otis, coach. Otis Felder, what's going on, my brother? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, man, I, I, you know, I, I usually start off by saying, uh, 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 um, when I first met you and why I appreciate you. Uh, but this might be a combination of two and one. So, uh, one of our future guests, uh, Miss Addie Mutai, told me a story. Uh -oh. That I, I knew that when I heard that story, I said, oh, I have to lead the podcast with this. So she tells a story about, uh, I think, I don't know if it was your freshman, sophomore year being in the training room. And there was a guy in the training room who was getting taped or something, but he wasn't a little hothead. Don't know who it is, but it was someone who just wasn't, we're going to say he wasn't having a good day that day. So he started to talk kind of reckless uh, to Addie in a certain way that almost came across as threatening. But then somebody uh, stepped in. Uh, 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 other guys did not, but uh, uh, Otis Felder did step in. Me! <laughs> he did step in and, 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 and got whoever this person was squared away to the point where, again, 20 plus years later, Miss Addie Mutai is, is sharing that story with me to say about his character. You know, and that's something that relates to football players. We should, you know, uh, 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 I would say a lot of us, we have character. Uh, um, only the stories of the knuckleheads get uh, blasted and highlighted. And uh, the, the guys with character are not uh, 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 exposed enough. So I want to say to my brother, you know, that's the story that I say epitomize you 
and uh, how I'm pretty sure other guys on the team saw you. Uh, didn't have to say a whole lot, but when you did, people listened. And uh, you know, we 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 gonna again. I don't think nobody's gonna disagree with that. So my brother, uh, uh, that's your flowers, and letting you know how much as a linebacker I appreciate you, but also as a human being. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Eddie was my girl. I, I, you always gotta take care of the people that take care of you. You know, especially when you when you you're, you're, you're beat up, and especially on those long bus trips from especially from Connecticut, those 16 hour bus trips. <laughs> and, uh, you're trying to not cramp up and you're laying in the aisle of the bus, you know, and they're giving you an Advil and, you know, trying to, you know, you know, help, help you get healthy again. Uh, Addie was definitely a person that was on my side and I appreciate her and her staff and everybody that, um, that, you know, that, 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 that kept us healthy, you know, cause that's, man. I owe, I owe Addie so much, man, that I'm going to wait to her interview to, to, to express because, Again, I I know there was a lot of guys that didn't like her, but you know, as the athletic trainer and a woman, I know how hard it could imagine with all that testosterone. And but you had to have a certain personality to be in that locker room and be in that space, and she had it. She mm -hmm. couldn't take no crap, you know. But what I never understood was the guys who like this woman is responsible for getting us better, you know. And number two, if she said you ain't playing for some health reasons, you ain't playing. Mm -mm. So to get on her bad side just didn't make no sense to me, especially oh, if I'm no. trying to be on the field. What do you oh, think? Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, I, I tell all my athletes like when you go when you, when you get to wherever school you're at, make sure you're friends with the head trainer or the trainer of, that deals with your with your program. Also, be uh, friends with the uh, campus police. Yep. Whoever is uh, in charge of the financial aid. Okay, you get if you're friends with those three people. Life could go a lot easier for you. Oh, you forgot one more person. Who's that? The head coach, administrator's assistant. Oh yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. You need to know who that person is. Yeah, I can. Oh, Flowers, knowing her birthday is, all that, know it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, yes, sir. Uh, when you talk to Addy, I, I was thinking I was the only one of the few football players that brought her uh, some Ben and Jerry's from the, uh, from the little, the little uh, shop there. Whenever I came in, that's why I was able to get in the ice thing whenever I want, because I had to bring in Ben and Jerry's. Hey, she did mention that too, that you did hook <laughs> her up. And, and uh, yeah, she did mention that in the story. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I look forward to her retelling that story, man. But, yeah, man, so, again, man, I, um, let's start from the beginning, man. I, like I've expressed, I've already, <clears throat> excuse me, I've already interviewed um, um, a few people from the DMV area, if I'm not mistaken, at least one. And so I'm, I'm gonna give you an opportunity like I give the others, man. So to me, the DMV was, is uh, I spent two years there, 2002, 2004, working at MM Washington High School in, in DC and living in Fort Washington, Maryland. And those two years were some special years for me socially. Um, and, and, and I wanna apologize first and foremost for not hanging out more. Cause I, 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 I and I, I'll share that another time, but I, when I was in DC, my mind wasn't right, bro. From the concussions, I'm telling you, like I, from the concussions and stuff and the work that I was doing as an anger management therapist, bro, I, I, it took a toll on me. And, uh, you know, but I, I did it. When I did go out, I had a ball. <laughs> Lord, when I did go out, when I actually did go out, I had memorable times and I will ever be indebted 
to the DMV. Shout out to the DMV. But what did the DMV mean to you, brother? What is it like growing up in the DMV? Uh, well, my family moved here, I think when I was about three or four um, in Prince George's County. Uh, I call it the, the, the Black Mecca. Because if you look up uh, like uh, the top 10 highest, uh, I think, net worth neighborhoods uh, in the U.S., four of those neighborhoods are in Prince George's County. Uh, so growing up, seeing the buildup from a lot of the, uh, the Black, uh, African-American, uh, uh, you know, area, growing up, you saw a lot of government, people getting government jobs, saw a lot of Black lawyers, Black doctors, Black entrepreneurs. So I grew up being almost the majority in, you know, in, in, this, in, this, in the space of the United States. And that's all I pretty much saw and knew. Um, yeah, we knew, you know, we knew white people existed because, of course, uh, my younger years, they were just doing their little, their white, the white flight from the area because there was so many of us coming in. But I saw a lot of black professionals, which, which I, which I always say is a very profound See, you know, you don't have, you don't, you don't see people getting out because of music or, or, or athletics. You see people, you know, going to school, you know, getting jobs, you know, working that hustle. All you know, very legal and very you know, on up on up and up. You know, um, it was it was it was it was a great 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 uh, growing up here in the PG County. Um, you know, you know, we have any issues as any other place, but it's a great place, especially for African American like myself, to uh, grow up and and experience the growth. You know, um, so yeah, it was, it was great. You know, growing up here and. And just you know, having a, a you know, ambition, you know, ambition to have choices of ambition, not just limited as to whatever your parents did. You know, I, I seem to follow what my parents did on both sides, in a way. But it was definitely different because I definitely saw when I finally you know left that bubble when I was in college. Um, I realized how special it was that which made me want to you know come back and and keep building it up. I tell you what, man, I and I will retell this one day, I'm pretty sure, but the DMV was so important to me because my first time up there and seeing a suburban black neighborhood was the DMV. Um, it's funny, uh, myself and Steve Knapper, uh, uh, shout out to Steve Knapper, uh, was on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. We both went on interviews to uh, Glen Mills schools, but before we went there, we stopped in DC. So we went from Pittsburgh to DC to Philly for the interview. Mm -hmm. So he said, y'all gotta go to the crib. And bro, when I drove, when we got to his neighborhood, I was just absolutely floored because I've never seen a black upper middle-class neighborhood. And he just started pointing out people's house. They go to Lee's house. And, and I'm like, wow, this is really how, black people can really live like this. And that was my literally, fresh out of uh actually no we haven't graduated yet uh, um this is like a couple weeks before graduation that me and steve did this so i started off right before graduation started my adult life mm -hmm. with a glimpse of hope because of what i saw in in dc it will that profoundly changed my life uh about optimistic of what i could potentially do because i saw that neighborhood man oh yeah yeah when you see it you know it's, it, it could happen it's possible, absolutely, you know, man. Is that something that you see on TV? Like, you know, they said one of the things about like, uh, like the Cosby Show. You saw right. a black two-family home, no, uh, two-parent home, uh, thriving. 
You know, right. but that was only on TV. But I was living that life because I saw, I understood a lot of the things that they were talking about because I was living it, you know, growing up during the 80s and 90s. Right, right. Yeah, man. So, so yeah, man. So, so uh, tell me about your introduction to uh, 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 team sports. Uh, when were you? When did you start playing team sports? And if it's football, what, how old were you? Uh, my first time team sports was playing football at the local uh, boys and girls club. Uh, I think I was it was I was going into the fourth grade, and it was, it was you know I was a you know fat kid, right. And when I got on this, you know, they, they do it by, by pounds. I weighed probably like 110, 115. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't put them, we can't put them with the 110 or the unlimited. So they put me on the 95 pounders. Uh, all my kids my age was either 75 or 65. So I say, yeah, we'll, we'll put him on the 95. He'll he'll burn that weight off. And sure enough, you know, being, you know, being a fat kid and this is the first time doing sports, I'm like, yeah, I, I got in the weight quick, very quick. I think it was probably one of the few times I actually was, you know, almost considered. Um, but I still carried, you know, a lot of girth, you know, even when I got down to 95. But it was funny because I was the youngest person on my team. So mm. fourth grader on a team of, of of eighth grade and ninth grade kids, you know, on the, on the team, they're talking about stuff like, you know, popping cherries and stuff like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Food? What's going on? You know, you know, and 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 I and I and I and I worked through it. You know, got my butt beat, but you know, that's something that in all sports, even in my neighborhood, I was probably one of the youngest kids within the group that that, that you know played in the streets, played basketball and everything. I was always the youngest, so it wasn't nothing totally new to me. But you know, I think that made you know gave me a little you know little toughness, a little girth. You know, into uh, into you know how to handle myself in in sport, especially a, a tough sport like football. Um, you know, so I, I got I got I got some playing time. You know, um, so it, that was my first introduction. Of course, I didn't go back because I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going. I don't want that heat no more. But uh, right, the weight definitely came back. You know, be you know being a love of food. Um, so I did not really go back and organize sports until I went to high school at Largo High School. Um, and uh, Yeah, oh, Largo High School, man. Let's, let's talk about Largo, man. Cause I, you know, that's one of those, uh, 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 I definitely, um, being a junior college transfer uh, to Robert Morris and my, really my first introduction to guys from the D. Largo was one of the names that we kept hearing over and over. So y'all know y'all was deep. So uh, how many, who all was on the team from Largo and how was it uh, your freshman year uh, introduction into uh, high school football? Uh, for for my introduction, it was, it was, it was sort of, uh, I would say for, it was a little bit isolated at first because School I came came from from because I was in part of the tag program, talented and gifted, you know, because you know I'd be smart in my house. I look forward to talking about that. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so my so I was I was at a magnet school. So my, my parents wanted me to go to my area school, which was Larga. She didn't want me to go to her because my mom was a teacher. Um, so she didn't want me at her school, which is Forestville, where I wanted to go because there was a, a football powerhouse, but she wanted me to go to the area school. So I didn't know. Nobody team when I went to uh, freshman year, and 
and it was during freshman year where I got my nickname and I, you know sort of just started that persona where uh during one practice I think it might be it had to be early in the season or you know during the preseason you know you know the coach teaching how to hit the bags how to you know how to block and stuff and I guess I, I, I well I'll say I wasn't hitting the bag as hard as I probably could and and coach was just, just dragging on me it was like it's like hey hey hit that bag like that boy took your chicken wing so I got mad at the coach Boom, blew up the bag and the person behind the bag. Said, okay, I'm gonna call you me. Now, because I never went to middle school with nobody else on the team, they just remembered the coach calling me me. So for the rest of my high school career, every, a lot more people know me for me than they know me as Otis. You know, only people that was in class <laughs> know me as Otis, but they they called me me. But for some for some reason, people from Largo think me and Otis are two different people, you know? <laughs> So it's always been a funny thing about the whole me persona that that I sort of you know got, and uh, and, and from there you know I, I, I always was a starter whatever team I was on. Uh, we we was we probably probably no lost no more than two or three games a season. Uh, my junior year, well let me jump back to sophomore year. My sophomore year in high school, uh, two or three guys decided to go to varsity. It was like, me, you should come out to varsity. Well, I looked at the line and that, and that year, that line that we had at Largo varsity wise averaged over 300 pounds. We had the biggest line in the state of Maryland. So I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and be a captain. I'm gonna get all this playing time on JD. So when all those guys graduate, I'll go ahead and take that heat. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, and, and they had the, the leading rusher. In fact, the leading rusher graduated with me. He was the all-time Maryland State rusher. So two-thirds of his career is because I was, you know, when I went up to varsity, I blocked blocked the left side of that line, you know, to help him get get those yards. And uh, we made the, they made the playoffs my junior year, which was weird, funny because we lost. We not only did we lose, we only lost to two teams that year, but the team that we lost to, we lost in the same place because they shared the same stadium. And we lost all three of our games at the same stadium, both regular season and the playoff game. Oh wow! And I think two of them was in overtime. So, mm. and then uh, senior year, we uh, we was one game short of uh, of making the playoffs. But uh, it was it was a great time, you know. Or, you know, playing football at Larga, I always remember it. Um, you know, my junior year, I started wrestling because uh, of the coach. He just said, "Hey, I think wrestling will be good for you." You know, I was like, mm, I was avoiding it the first two years because once again, I looked in the room and I see all these big linemen and I see those those, those upperclassmen all, you know, muscled out. I'm like, uh-uh, no, you ain't gonna get me like that. So until I got that confidence by junior year, because I was really hitting the weight room after my sophomore year because I knew I was going to varsity. I did wrestling. Um, uh, I was pretty much second string on wrestling as a heavyweight because there was a senior who was much stronger and you know he beat me up every day in practice. But he, uh, when he uh, committed, I went into the tournament, got sixth place. This, my next year as a senior, uh, I went, I think I went 12 and one regular season and won the county, won the region. Uh, lost in the first round of the state tournament, but you know, that's, a, that's another story for another day, but uh, I enjoyed my time at Largo. You know, it was it was a good time. Um, at, you know, athletic wise. You know, the, one of the things I probably, you know, that, that I always, you know, that, that's been real, that's real key in that time period. My mom died my freshman year, 
Um, so, you know, that was very devastating for me because I was, I was, I'm a mama's boy. I, I'm truly admit that I'm a mama's boy. So when she passed, I know I probably got really more introverted, but I think the only thing that got me out of that was sports, you know. Um, and then like a year and a half later, my, my father passed. So, so me and my brother are orphaned and I'm a sophomore, you know, no, I'm becoming a junior, my, um, you know, as an orphan. So it's like, I gotta grow up quick or I, I gotta figure things out early in my life. And that's sort of, you know, sort of, you know, how, you know, sort of, sort of my mindset from whenever, you know, what I did everything for that because I had to grow up, I had to grow up because, you know, the two people in my life were gone. And I had to figure things out, and and I always say this, and, and I always always bring it up. My aunt, she she was living in California when uh, her sister died. My mom died. Uh, my dad asked her, you know, you know, to help him, you know, help help out help out with me and my brother. And she shut down everything she had going on in California. Came over April first. Actually, would be thirty years just April first that she came over to help my dad out, and then my dad passed. That you know she. You truly, you know, you're talking about a true sacrifice for your family. That's my aunt. And I always, always would love her for that. Always respect her for that. Because uh, she didn't have to do that. You know, me and my brother could have been shipped out anywhere else, in, you know, to one of our other family members. But she came to make sure we had, you know, stability here, here in Merlin. And I always, always, always would love her for that. So that's Man. the that's uh, again. I, I uh, you know, what I love about this opportunity to do this podcast is, you know, to learn about, you know, you all as my teammates, man. And I don't know how many people know that story about you, but it does explain a lot as far as your maturity um, and, 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 you know, in school and how, how you know, how we saw you on the team. So, you know, that, that says a lot. So, you know, growing up quick. And um, yeah, so real quick, let's let's um, I want to shoot back to wrestling. So, what transition did you see um, as relates to wrestling and and transitioning to football when you did uh, um, when you did uh, 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 make it to varsity and started start? Um, that transition, I guess, with wrestling, sort of sort of got to. You know, you, you got to have a little bit of meanness to play the sport, especially on the front line. Wrestling definitely brought that out. Um, you know, like I said, being beat up by junior year, my coaches brought in some, you know, some guys that they grew up with, and you know, he was uh, he was doing security for go-go shows. I know we're gonna talk about go-go later on. Oh yeah, we got, we got to, but you know, we're talking about you know, from DMV. Um, so you know, he was he was a he was a big guy. He you know taught me techniques or points and. You know, the you know what I call legal. You know what I what I what I call legal pain. You know, those are the techniques that help me learn line play a lot better, understand leverage greatly. I try to tell all my kids, even you know me as a wrestling coach now, you know talk about the training you know, of the things that could transfer from the from the wrestling mat to the football field, even for a linebacker, even for a DB in terms of you know hand placement, leverage, um, <clears throat> tackling. I mean, I was like, any defensive player should wrestle just to learn how to wrap and take somebody down. Sometimes you're not going to get that perfect, clean, drill tackle. But with wrestling, you knew, know what you need to do to get somebody down. And that definitely translated, you know, for me on, on the football field. 
And I think that gave me a, a little extra advantage because, uh, you know, wrestling is a tough sport. And, yeah. and, if, and if any wrestler, that I, I'll ask anybody, if you know somebody who wrestled in high school, ask them if they're good. If they were good, you know, you probably already noticed that the person's a little bit off. You gotta be off to wrestle. <laughs> I tell you all the time, because for wrestling, unlike any other sport, it's just you and that guy in front of you. Yeah. So in, in like in football, there's 10 other guys that could probably cover for you. Basketball, there's four other guys. Shoot, even in tennis, there's a net that's dividing you and that person. You have to actually survive with somebody putting their hands on you to, yeah. to survive. So you have to a little bit off because we're not society, we're not really used to that type of confrontation. So you have to have that mental mindset of, I got to destroy this person in front of me with my bare hands. Right. And so you have to have that, it's a little bit off. And you know, and, I, and, I, and all my best wrestlers, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> that what means that, that's the type of thing you need for wrestling to to be on a certain level, you know, but. You know, it's funny, uh, James Noel, um, the, who the, the episode number one, um, that's his uh, story. You know, he said he, he ended up playing football because of A.C. Slater off of Saved by the Bell. He played, <laughs> he played football and wrestled. So that's what he did. Uh, and, uh, you know, he ended up playing middle linebacker and, and you know, broke. You know, he's the standard now as far as the records, man. But he said wrestling was a huge part of that. Um, oh. So, yeah, that's why I brought that up. So you say for the most part, your your, your high school career, you never lost more than two or three games. Senior year, uh, uh, what happened your senior year, man? Um, um, what was the expectations for y'all? And, uh, and who else, who who from Robert Moore's was uh, on your team um, at, at Largo? Who came with Robert Morris with you? Uh, my senior year, it was um, Wesley Johnson. Um, oh. I played for two years. Uh, Garth, uh, Garth White, uh, he came up there. Actually, you know, when we, when we get to recruiting, we, I think five or six of us went up to Robert Morris on a visit. Um, my senior year, which was, was like between, I think before counties, I think. Gotcha. Uh, then of course we had uh, always called with the next generation with this, uh, Pee Wee, uh, Ti Lee, um, uh, Anthony West. Yeah. Um, Brandon Morgan. No, Morgan's not. No, I think yeah he might have came later down the road. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's that's the ones I can remember off the top of my head. I know I'm probably forgetting somebody. They're gonna okay. probably hear this. They're gonna probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, let me tell you something else. And shout out to all our former football players. Hey, we know a lot of us, our memories are not that good. So please forgive if we don't remember things and details in specific. You know, uh, uh, we need each other to remember some of these stories. But, um, but yeah, man, so how did y'all do though? Uh, football wise, um, my senior year, we was. We went seven and three, and then at the time, the state of Maryland, only eight teams in our division made the uh, made the uh, playoffs, and uh, we needed that last game against Oxon Hill. Uh, this, is how, this is how you know it hurts. Cause I remember the team and everything. I, I, <laughs> I tell you the weather because it was, it was wet and muddy. You know, you know how that Maryland muddy fall weather is. Uh -huh. And Oxon Hill was his wing T team, and they had some horses at running back. And you know how with wing team, you know, you got people going left and right. Yep. 
And I was on, I, I remember this one play for the, for my life. Play was originally supposed to go right. And I don't know if they had Estelon cleats or anything, but the running back, we had that Joe down pat. He stopped in the, in the, in the mud. Our guys kept sliding, but there was still enough there for him to cut it back. And when he cut back, I swear, <laughs> like a sci-fi movie, like all the linemen that he had on that side came up out the ground, out the mud, and just was coming back my way to the block for him. He took it to the house. <laughs> like, oh man, and we needed that game to get in because we, uh, we, you know, we dropped we dropped one game that we probably we dropped two games we probably shouldn't have, but it was that how that how competitive it was at the four A level. If we had a playoff uh, system now, we would definitely would have made it in. I don't know how we would have did, but we had, a, we had, like I said, we had a very strong, run-heavy uh, offense. Um, like I said, we had a leading rusher for, for the state of Maryland um, as as a running back. Uh, we had an all-star tight end linebacker, so we we had pieces where we felt we could have did some real damage on the, on the state level. Just that you know, just getting out of PG County was always the problem. And even right. still is, you know, that I'm coaching at PG. It's like if you could get out of just out of PG County, you have a shot to win it all. And that's the mindset we had, you know, going right. the season, you know. Okay. And I just took all that energy of, of not making the playoffs, wrestling, and, you know, and, and won the county, won the region, you know. And, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for the blizzard of 94, I probably would have definitely did, did a lot better in uh, on the state level. Because, uh, yeah, that was, you know, that was, I, as much much tragedy as I have had in my senior year, as some being so close, I enjoyed the, the whole overall experience of it. Cool, cool. So let's talk about your recruiting process. What was that like? Uh, uh, what were some lessons that you learned uh, during the process? And um, and I, I, I worded just like this for everybody. How the hell did you end up at Robert Morris? <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure how Robert Morris got um, got our name, got my name, or got you know the, the, the us guys from Largo. Uh, I remember Nick about the Ebenezer uh, College uh, Jamboree. Right. All these you know different colleges came down and you know just gave out your tape, talked to coaches, you know. Um, for me, you know, being recruited because you know my grades were, were were pretty decent. I was a smart kid. I just didn't apply myself. But you know, I still I was still around that three point range. I got a uh, I got just I think I was just under thirteen hundred on the SAT. So I was getting recruited from um, like I was getting letters from Penn State, Brown, uh, Bucknell uh, because I went to. You know, Armand football camp, I was getting a lot of love from Salisbury, um, Bowie State, uh, you know, a lot of small schools, but not, not, nothing, nothing major, you know. Merlin was was kind of looking at me, but the mindset at the time, every, you know, everybody in, 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 uh, in, in football at that time was like, we ain't trying to go to Merlin, we trying to go, because Merlin wasn't that, wasn't that competitive at that time, so everybody was always trying to go out of state. Um, so, Unless you had that name out there, it's really hard to really, you know, be that much of a splash, especially as a lineman, unless you have, you know, metrics. I was still probably 6'1". It was probably looking for kids that were 6'4". You know, I, I was weighing 300 pounds. Of course, I had to lose that weight for wrestling, and that was a struggle right there. Uh, I was 3'10", 315 at the end of football season, I had to get down to 275 for the first wrestling match. Wow. So, 
I had to had to do discipline for that. So by the time you know recruiting for for uh, football was going around, I was in wrestling training. So I'm I'm slimming down because I got to get down to 275. So Robert Morris got in contact with our coach, and you know, like I said, six of us got in two cars, went up for a visit to uh, to Robert Morris. Um, of course, nothing was built as it is now, which sort of makes me jealous and mad. But um, but that's how it is. You know, things gotta get better, right? Man, oh man, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and look, this is how this is how raw the program was. We didn't even they didn't even put us on campus. They had us at a whole at the Red Roof Inn on on uh, you you know that Red Roof right next to the oh yeah 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 wings. They took us to Spurs and Wings. <laughs> I don't think there was a pub going on, so. So they just pretty much just, you know, showed us around the campus. We went to the hotel, got some wings. I think we I think we went to either, we went to go see uh I think either Ace Ventura came out. Yeah. And we went to the movies down at Robinson Town Center. So I'm just knocking off names. This how this how much I remember that trip, you know. So, you know, that that experience and us going up there, and I think we probably played ball. And I wanna say we out. They had some other recruits there. I think Spencer was on that was on that trip. Only reason I remember Spencer is because you you know you know we're from Maryland. We're gonna play basketball. You know Maryland. You throw a basketball, you are gonna start a game. So you know we was on John Jay. You know it's like hey you know you want, you know want to want to play ball. I was like yeah sure. So we was just us from Largo. You know Spencer, big country, big country white boy. I'm like damn this boy getting rebound. I'm like man this guy is tough. You know. So uh, that's probably my first time even thinking about Spencer uh, was one that, <laughs> and uh, you know and, and and us as a group that was like you know what we could come up here this is a fresh program we could we could, we, could, we could run this thing we could take this you know we could we was like we can make a mark here you know and and we we're like yeah it's only four hours away so it's not too far away yeah we we could do this and you know Coach Harper you know able to, you know, get, get the finances right. And I really didn't have to worry too much because my parents did a real good job of preparing for the future. So money wasn't too much an issue, but I wasn't really trying to pay too much anyway. But um, they made the numbers right. And and really one of the things that really got me there was, like I said, um, at Largo, we had a, a big time running back, all-star linebacker tight end. He went to Notre, Notre Dame, so he you know he was getting love there, and I was always like the third captain. You know, everybody was like, "Yeah, there's Eric, there's Corey, but and then there's me." And I was like, you know, you know, you know how I am. So I'm like, I'm not trying to, I'm not big on limelight, but they they had it. But it was like I was always second fiddle. I always felt second fiddle. I don't know if that was just a, my personality of how I felt and how I saw it. So he went to Notre Dame. Um, the running back, uh, you know, he. He had certain issues, of course. You know, phone will ring now. Um, he, <laughs> he had certain academic issues, so he couldn't really go directly to school. So some schools were willing to go through the whole Prop 48 with him because he was that good of an athlete. Um, Bowie State, which is like right around the corner from from where I'm at, the head coach, and this this why uh, you know you probably know as a recruiter, sometimes it takes one or two words that will either get a recruit on your on your squad or send them away. He said, you know what? I know if you come, I could get Eric to come with you, come with you. And you know, and, and I was like, dang, you just using me to get Eric to come here? I was done. So I was definitely not going to go not going to Blue State because I was I was already tired of being behind, you know, second fiddle with Eric. I'm not gonna go to college and do the same thing. And then Robert Morris bringing like 
brand new program, pro coach. They talking, you know, not only you gonna get a good education, you are gonna get a, a football education. Uh, I was in the business program at Largo, and it was a business school. So I was like, man, things are lining up. Let me let me go up here. Let me let me take this thing up to Robert Morris, and uh, and uh, that pr pretty much it. And because nothing really happened with wrestling, because wrestling is competitive as hell in terms of scholarships, you have to almost play stakes to do it. Because I didn't play stakes, and I didn't have that much history with it. I wasn't getting too much love from the wrestling side. And Robert Morris was like, hey, we're a business school. We start a new program, so you're gonna get a fair shot at starting right away. And you know, I was like, and, and you'll be a trailblazer. You know, you, you'll be a true colonial. You know, <laughs> you're gonna colonize this area with football. I was like, okay, y'all got me, y'all got me. And, and then also the big thing is, oh, we won't have a stadium by your junior year. This never happened, but. <laughs> oh, we gonna talk about that, bro. Hey, shout out to Dave Harper, the, the best recruiter in Robert Moore's history. Hey, oh, yeah. no doubt about it, the best. I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself at number two, but he <laughs> is by far. Oh, yeah. That, that line alone. <laughs> mm -hmm. That line alone is, is, is one that a whole lot of people repeat, you know, and uh, you know, well, they got the stadium now, you know. Oh yeah, a beautiful yeah, stadium too. I I really wish I had that the, the scouting the video scouting system. I probably would have got a couple more tackles and sacks. Oh yeah, man. I it's so much that I look back. I'm I mean, just the it's been so long since I've been to homecoming, and I I'm gonna fix that problem. But um, yeah, it it, it just amazing to see what's on campus and that was like for me 15 years ago i look forward to seeing you know uh what what campus look like now so uh but yeah I, i'm so let's let's go into your a freshman year so mm -hmm. you you're part of the original freshman class you know nate got a chance to tell his story uh uh you know we uh, uh dante got a chance to tell his story so um, as a, one of the guys who were there on day one, man, what was it like coming into camp? What were campus like? And 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 what were yeah? What was the energy of those first practices? What can you remember? Oh, uh, coming up there, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, this is my first time truly knowing I'm going to be out the bubble for a long time. You know, I know right away. You know, I'm going to now go from majority of the society to the minority. So me, me, Wes, and Garth, the three of us that decided to come up, come up there, uh, me and Wes uh, knew we were gonna be roommates. You know, we we almost we both made a joke that they put us uh, in uh, in two in for, for for two you know two niggas. So, so <laughs> like, okay, they, they already doing this micro crane. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so it was like you know, like I said, it was probably a hundred plus kids. Like you know, me, me and Wes and Garth was like, no, we, we, no matter what, we gonna we gonna we gonna make this. We gonna take this. We ain't gonna we gonna we gonna push, 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 and make sure that we gonna get you know get our spots. Maybe make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. Thing was, let's get something new. Let's let's be the first to do something. You know, first at something because the whole stat book is clean. So, hundred some kids, you know, in a room. Everybody's all county, all met, all whatever. You know, I was at best second team all county, you know, and it was well, like I said, I already, I already had a chip on my shoulder anyway, you know, coming out of high school because, you know, it's wild. 
when when uh, my the running back went to uh, back in high school went to the All Star pitcher. He had like three or four people come to him and say, "Hey, what, what's up with the lineman, number seventy-eight?" He was like, yeah, he, "He was he was second team." He was like, "Really? He was second team?" So that gave me a chip, and I'm like, "Man, all these all these guys up here who's all whatever, they're gonna I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock these fools out, you know?" <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> you know, being a you know you know everybody was doing there, they're trying to figure out what position everybody's gonna be. Um, they tried. I think they wanted me to probably play O line. I wasn't trying to do that. Uh, little side story. This is how this is how this is how raw the program was. They right. had like seven linemen, uh-huh. and the line was all up. It's like practice snapping the ball. So we was up there just practice snapping, right? I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna mess this thing up. I kept on messing up the snap, right? So they said, okay, you go to defense. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was happy. So. So, you know, being on D-line, it was probably, I, I felt I, I, I was the best D-lineman in that room in terms of D-tackles. Because, you know, I got, you know, Spencer's in that room. I think Hendershot was in that room. The only other D-line that I really knew I had to really compete with was Pat Stage. I'm not sure if you remember Pat Stage. Oh, yeah. I remember Pat. Short guy, strong as I don't know what. I think. Oh, person, yeah. Only person I think that might have been even close to his strength was probably CeCe. You know, CC drops 500, you know, when it went back in the day. Yes, sir. So I knew I just had to, I just had to outperform Pat. And because we sort of had more linebackers than D linemen, we actually started working on the 3 4 first. I don't know if anybody ever brought that up. We was actually. Oh, you're the first to bring that up. That's breaking news. Yeah, we, was, we, was, we started out trying to work on the 3 4 because we had more linebackers. You know, um, so me and Pat would, you know, rotate between, you know, the nose guard. So I really had to, you know, push in practice to try and, you know, get on, make sure it was going to bring me in. Uh, because Pat was probably a little bit shorter, or I think I probably weighed more, than, you know, to put me in is definitely for running situations, which was fine because I was like, okay, you know, three, four, it's, it's not that many opportunities. Um, so, so, you know, and then, you know, we got that big, thick uh, playbook. And Sir. I already was a football mind, you know. I was probably the one kid in Madden where I was already looking. I, I would look at the plays of Madden before I should start playing the jump. That's how much mm. I already was going in. So you giving me a, a what I'm thinking is what, what, what it pretty much was a, a a pro pro playbook. I'm in that thing. I know all the wet sets, you know, over unders, away, open tights, you know, hurricanes. I was I was spitting that junk out. I was you know. I was even looking at the coverage and stuff, you know. I, and you can even ask, I'm not sure if anybody from uh, for the DBs remember when the D line meetings used to be over. I used to go into the DB meetings and, and 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 listen to the coverage meetings and stuff. So I knew where the blue and Cheerios and the, and the, and the two three rotates and all that stuff. Because my whole thing is, yeah, I want to coach. I want. I got. I got to know this. I got to know the front and the back. Can I say stop you right there, ladies and gentlemen, especially these young people? If I know you guys, there's a lot of people that want to make Nick Saban money, but are they willing to do and uh, what's Nick Saban do? Are they willing to do what Bill Belichick do? I don't know if people just heard what you just said. I'm gonna reiterate something that you just said. You were a sponge for football, meaning you had to know all the intricacies, not just the position that you played but how everything worked because it's in the ultimate team sport. 
You know, we got to think about how many other sports that has 11 people plus on the field um, on, to represent a team on the field at one time. 22 people on the field at one time, right? So that, that's, a, that's a very fine orchestra that you see out there with, uh, where there's a burst of with a, for about 20, 30 seconds where our heart rates go well over 200 beats per minute and we exert so much force in a very small space and everything happens so fast. And that, you know, the people to truly understand that, you know, this is chess, real chess, physical chess is what football is. But you have to be a sponge. If you're trying to be a coach, the time dedicated to breaking down film and understanding everything from idiosyncrasies to understanding the X's and O's to understanding the data analytics behind everything. You have to be disverse to be a, a, a modern coach. So I'm th I thank you for mentioning that. So uh, um, so you were just a sponge, just learning everything. Oh yeah, because like, like you were saying earlier, just now, you know, you can have 10 guys do everything what, what they're supposed to do on the field. If that one guy doesn't do what they're supposed to do, that could be a touchdown. You know, yeah. that's how critical everybody has to be in concert um, on the field. So freshman, you know, freshman, and then I think I might've been the only black D lineman. So I'm just, so right away I'm already like, this is new. I'm in a classroom setting and I'm the only black person in this classroom of, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm used to being around white people. One of my best friends in high school was white, you know, which is, you know, just like, wow, how did that happen at Largo? But it happened. I found the one one big white guy. He's my friend. I don't care. Um, so I'm I'm already you know, like I said, outside outside the bubble, and I'm just gotta pick up and I just gotta. I'm like I got I gotta I gotta be better than Pat Stage, and you know, and and I'll, I'll they they put us in that one two rotation for for nose guard, and I was fine with that because you know Pat, like I said, if you could ball, I don't mind being behind you because you you all balling me. I want to, my whole thing is I want to win. So that, that, if you got to play to win, okay, let's do it. So um, that definitely, um, kept, you know, was, was one of the major factors, you know, that freshman year. And plus, you know, with me and Wes and Garth, and I know you probably remember this when I, when I bring this up, we, we sort of helped build up. We, everybody on that team, we was a lot of love and a lot of like, let's do this. Cause nobody really know each other. We know we had people from Maryland, people from Ohio, People from West Pennsylvania, you know, we even had these Kemper guys that look like men out here. <laughs> you know, so you know, it, it was uh, it, it was like a good mix, and you know, and we we knew we had the bond, and and, and I guess you know, during the early practices, I know you remember to stretch them out, get them loose. Oh yeah, that that's straight Largo. Oh we, yes, and I remember. Largo's, shout out to Largo. Get y'all credit, man, because. That was such such an integral part of, and I don't know if that tradition is still there, um, mm -hmm. but I just remember um, the, my last time, again, 15 years ago, that was still part of tradition. So I remember that that came from Largo and y'all get y'all, definitely y'all just do for that one. Oh yeah. I mean, we were, we were throwing some go-go stuff like, uh, are you with me? That's a straight go-go line. So we, we had- Okay, okay, okay. Y'all okay. didn't, didn't even know it, right? That's so. crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. I yeah, yeah. We owe a lot of DMV influence, and so 
I'm, 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 I'm glad. We're going to talk a little bit more about DMV culture. Uh, well, you know why it's fresh on my mind and why we're on it. Let's talk about it. I, I, I can vividly recall the first time I heard the sounds of Go-Go and what y'all, first of all, I was absolutely shocked to see people my age that appreciated instrumentation, live mm -hmm. instrumentation. That was such a foreign concept to me because <laughs> as a person who taught himself how to play the drums and the piano, you know, and I read by music uh, by ear, I can hear it and play it one time. I really appreciated hearing those sounds. It's also being an Islander, being uh, of Haitian descent, you know, and hearing those drums and the percussions and, you know, and brother, you know, if God is as good as I know he is, I would like to invite you, especially the, 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 the intellectual that you are to come to Haiti with your boy. You got to see the land of the first black Republic and, and, and it's role in history. You want, cause you, this is the stuff, bro. You, 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 Oh, bro. I got, I got a museum for you. <laughs> I got a museum where the National Museum, you can't have cameras in there. Oh, wow. No cameras allowed. I got to touch artifacts that were over 200 years ago and all because uh, two years, uh, 200 years old, man, all because I was just being a decent human being, bro. I was yeah. cool. I was a thirsty American looking for knowledge and say, you know what? We like you. They saw my, ta my Haitian tattoo. Say, let, let, let me give you access to this. And so I want to expose you to that, my brother, and show you a bomb ass time. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you feed me, you know, I'll definitely gonna come down there. So <laughs> sure, man. And I, when I get a chance, I'm gonna send you a video because my brother, I'm I'm apologize ahead of time because when you get some Haitian food, mm. and I know you probably get being DMV, you get a taste of of everything, and 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 but Haitian food, my brother, if you have not had it. in Haiti. You got to have fit. Again, y'all, I know y'all by the bay. Y'all got, y'all close to the ocean. Right. But to get fish from the Caribbean Sea, brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, Fred, I'm talking about from, from ocean to plate, we talking oh, about uh, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. See, that's, that's a different taste. It's a whole different yes, taste. Yes, sir. A whole different taste, bro. Season with lemon juice and, 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 and treat it with lemon juice first. To clean it and then and then go through uh, the Haitian sea. Oh, me! I'm trying to told you. <laughs> oh, brother! Yeah. So I'm, I'm just I'm just I, I, like I said. I'm, I'm I'm saying I apologize ahead of time because you're gonna get hooked and you're gonna get hooked bad. <laughs> just let you know. Oh yeah, I, I look man. forward to that. You definitely man, have to man. send me down there. Yeah, man. So let's talk about go go, man. So so. Tell me, because I, again, vividly hearing those sounds and its influences on, on us and watching, you know, y'all do, do, doing the rocket back and forth, man. And I'm like, if this is what these cats do in clubs, like, I'm like, this is dope as hell, man. Watching Hank jump in the middle of all that, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I, I, you know, him making that transition when he hear go-go music and go crazy. I used to love that man. So, what explain go-go music to the to, to the people that don't know about it? Uh, it's, it has its uh, Caribbean roots. Um, I'm, I'm probably not the, probably the best person to probably you know talk about the history of go-go, 
because um, even for myself, I really not get into it until junior year of of my high school, high school, uh, high school. Yeah. So um, it's it's pretty much you know very percussion based. Um, usually you know regular band. You have your congos, uh, which you know was have in the pocket, which they sort of you know sort of like what rap music they sort of gone away from the congo more to the roller time uh, drums, but um, uh, very percussion based music, very crowd participation. That's why you know I always tell people if you if you just listen to it from a tape or a CD or you know or you know or online, you really don't truly get the feel until you actually experience the actual being in the club feeling the energy from the uh from the musicians and and the participation with the calls and everything is is very it's very only I don't want to say primitive but it's just it just you know it's sort of that connection you have with the artist and that's sort of what sort of uh what got me into it uh is is you know probably everybody know you know the butt by EU because that was probably one of the mainstream uh songs if you look at some of like, like old kid and play and song pepper there's some go-go flavor Joint, you know, in their music, um, but uh, it's it's, a, it's very, you know, it's I'm sort of I'm sort of uh, say I'm sort of glad that it's not gone totally mainstream. It's sort of like our own little our own little spi- special spice here in the DMV, but it's definitely all about the energy of of the artists and the crowd, that type of you know participation, you know. And, and, and can I say this as a sociologist? It just hit me as to why go-go music as an art form has survived as long as it has and it's so regionally based mm-hmm. is because of young people. Without young people liking it and and, 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 and marketing, you name it, around young people, right. the art form died. So, and, and the fact that, but what I do find uh, very interesting, unique is how regionally it has maintained and I will say again, it's the instrumentation. Dudes gotta actually go learn how to play an instrument. Right. And I think that alone, obviously, we know requires discipline, requires repetition, what have you. And so the commitment to do so is very revolutionary in 20, 2021, especially, mm-hmm. right? Young people, especially young black kids wanting to play instruments and and uh, um, um so. Yeah, and, um, and, and putting put in the work to the to master it. In a yes, way. yes, you know, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and I know, and, 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 and uh, continue with the theme of go go. We know, like, well, I'm gonna say, well, me and you know, but the audience may not know. But there's one thing: is go go is one thing as far as the art form and the energy with all the instrumentations, everything from horns to vocals to obviously strong percussions. But the percussions is the heart and meat. Uh, no, no, oh, a pun intended. The meat of the art form, and, oh, and yeah. especially the 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 the, the Congo player, Congo oh, yeah. Bongo. My, what, what's the word I'm supposed to say? It's, con- it's Congo, Congo player. Congos, and so we know that uh, uh, um, Congo players are, uh, uh, can create their own lane, their own sense oh, yeah. of fame, right? People know. Uh, 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 there are no Congo players as individuals uh, in isolation from the band. And so, mm-hmm. uh, the, and I remember y'all used to always stress that, you know, and, 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 and always doing the action when you hear it, <laughs> when there's some kind of solo and debating 
Who's so tell hey, hey, tell about the Congo players and, and who's your oh. favorite? Oh man, mine's probably because uh, my favorite band is Junkyard. Um, so I'm always gonna go with Wink. Uh, he, you know, he the way the way he way he hits the, his those congos, it just smooth and and then when you know when it gets to some sort of to the heartbeat stuff, you know you can feel it. Even you know, like you know, for me, I may not dance with the regular beat that everybody else. I'm dancing with the congo player because I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm hearing him you know, through all everything else that's being played. Um, you know, there's always smoke. Uh, trying to think some other ones, uh, but like like you said, Congo players are like the all stars of of a go go band. You know, of course you have your couple of your frontline people, like Buzz and uh, and Big G and Big Six, and you know all them. But you know those Congo players are like you know all stars. You know of, of the team. You know. Yeah. That's, yeah hey, that's, my favorite song, man, is that with all my heart. <laughs> That, when I first heard that, I I said, "What? This is they doing this one?" And when I saw what the band did with that song, I was I fell in love immediately. That that is my favorite Go Go song. I could listen to that on the loop uh, forever for sure. Yeah, yeah, that that because that was that was a big cover song for for uh, especially for Junkyard. Joy. 94 95 because I'll the tape that starts off with that was one of my my mental warm-up song when I when I used to wrestle because if I knew how long I had before I wrestled I'll say okay let me play this by the time it's time for me to come up uh, it'll hit my part you know and I'll be ready to go I'll be psyched up ready to ready to, ready to knock it out so right 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 so yeah, yeah. man so I, I yeah cool cool shout out to go go music man so freshman year man y'all go seven one and one man and uh y'all yeah uh, um um i know uh dante talked about described the first game so did nate man what do you remember about uh the first game of the season man uh, uh making history okay first game of the season wayne's book all right picture it 1994 <laughs> you know me 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 and west were like okay we're gonna get dressed up you know we're gonna we're, we're like we see it on college they just dress up when they go on road games so I'm all dressed up, get on the bus, you know, ready to get on. You know, I'm, I'm up front with the D lineman, linebacker. You know, they, they had us all set, you know, you know, you know, section off on the bus. Next thing I know, Dave Harper and I think Coach Brand come on the bus with two big boxes from Kinko's. And then, and then uh, Rag comes on the bus. And no, we haven't even left yet. We're still at, in Moon. And, and and they start handing out these uh these uh the packets from the from the from the thing. We're like, what's what's going on? Right, like, okay, uh, everything that we we done so far, uh, throw it out the window. We're gonna do something totally different. So the whole trip down to Waynesburg, Rad is talking to us on, on the bus mic like like a tour guide over all the adjustments and things we're going to do that that we that we was like, oh my, I'm thinking in my mind, we are going to lose because. We <laughs> we just practiced for the last two three weeks out the window, and I'm like, oh my goodness! I'm like, I'm I'm like, I'm 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 really in a mental head case right now, and you know, so but you know, we 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 ball, we daughter got got some good time, uh, made a couple plays, and and like it came down to that last drive that Dante talked about. And what Dante don't know, I tipped that ball. Oh, breaking that news. 
Yeah, I told I was gonna cover receipts. This is like little things. Yeah, man, good. Yeah. I love it. Hey, this is important, man. It's Yo, very important. I tipped that ball enough for Dante to knock that ball away. You know? Hey, love it, love it, man. I, hey, so so. Speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, we always talk about you know, the, the, in my opinion, one of the greatest football minds of all time, uh, defensive coordinator for Robert Morris University. Uh, coached on so many NFL and college teams. Joe Paterno's first original star linebacker, Dan Radakovich. Bad yes. Rad, may he rest in peace, man. Um, so what's your favorite Rad story, man? I mean, that, I didn't, first of all, breaking news, you told, I didn't know it happened the first game. Oh, we knew first, about it happening later, but not the first game. First game. <laughs> boxes at Kinko's. I was like, what's going on? I was like, we got, like, what, what, why they got these boxes? It's new, yeah. Uh, oh, bad rat stories, goodness. Uh, man, um, there's so many. I know one time I made this play, I don't know what game it was, but the play was so awesome. You know how a rat would get on, on, the, on the clicker, watch the right, film. Right. You say, me, I'm gonna keep rewinding this play until you tell me to stop. I let that man run that jump for 15. <laughs> he was like, hey, 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 if I'm not mistaken, let me let me help. If I'm not mistaken, I vividly remember one where you took on, I think it was, I don't know if it was taking on two or three linemen. Uh it took on a a, a a a lead block from the fullback and made the play in the backfield. If if I'm not mistaken, it was something equivalent to that. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, and oh, it, 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 it was a thing of beauty. I, I, I remember, you know, you had the flat back and you had the leverage that you talked about, and those two guys could not move you, but you were still able to, to make yourself small, slide between them, take on the fullback, and 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 running back. By the time he took that third step uh, uh, to get full stride through the hole, there was nothing there because he was uh, you was waiting on him. It was a thing of beauty. Oh yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, I'll give you know. Like I said, one thing about Rob Morris, we had some pretty good coach. We had some real good coaching uh, in terms of Coach Schuler, my D line coach, my first couple of years there. Uh -huh. Just actually talking about in terms of leverage, hand placement, uh, in terms of moves and stuff. Uh, he was probably probably one of my biggest biggest fans. You know, you know, you know. But the coaching. In terms of technique wise, even stuff that you know Dan talked about in terms of, and even I, I tried to implement down here, but some of these old school minds like in terms of not backpedaling. That's I'm 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 still big on not not backpedaling. They look at me like I'm crazy. Like what do you mean? Yep. How do you want to cover not backpedaling? But um, yeah, those techniques that they taught us was truly I felt on another level. And me being a football person going to two Robert Moore's. And knowing uh, Coach Dan, uh, Coach Ravikovich was, uh, you know, with Pittsburgh on that, still, still uh, the Iron Curtain age, and me as a football person and as a defensive person, like Steel Curtain. Oh, you was, you was there. I mean, every time he had a story about that, I was, I was soaking that in. Yeah, man. I totally respected the whole Pittsburgh Steel Curtain, um, and uh, you know, a lot of his bucket stories and stuff. <laughs> those, those were legendary, but. Um, yeah, Coach, Coach Coach Rad was was great. You know, I I I would kill somebody for Dan if you asked me to. That's yeah, that's man. For him, he he was special, man. He was he was uh, an original. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly reading his book right now and uh, looking forward to really delving into it. But um, yeah, a shout out to the uh, late, great uh, Bad Red, man. I, and, 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 and also, I want to uh, also again do a better job of giving um, um, the, it, it, Brad was the crazy uh, 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 admiral who, who just went out there and did what he want, uh, 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 colonel. Um, mm-hmm. The general was Joe Walton. And, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, truly um, what a leader is and, and had us on point uh, as a team and shape the culture. Um, mm-hmm. Allow us to be ourselves to an to a, 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 all the way up to a point where it didn't um, 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 take away from what our goals were at the end of the day, which would win championships. So um, what, what, what fond memory do you have of Coach Walt? Um, well, because I was a different side, I really had too much interaction with him. Uh, but whenever, you know, you know, you know, being an introvert, I don't usually call home to my aunt. So my aunt would call Coach Walton and Walton would bring me into the office, be like, uh, call your aunt. She called me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we really didn't have too much interaction, uh, but you know, we always respected, you know, his leadership, his, you know, his position. Uh, whenever anything happened in terms of campus, cause you know, I was very active on campus in terms of, uh, you know, being uh, an officer in the Black Student Union on campus. Cause that was a whole, that's a whole nother segment in itself of the culture of Robert Morris, how that changed from before football and after football. Right. Supportive in, you know, allowing allowing me to you know happen to go to certain meetings to represent the the black you know athletes on campus. So um, I always you know respected him for allowing me to still be that you know that you know participating in those events on campus. Um, and you know also you know with him and Dan you know helping me out especially when I when when I was dealing with stuff with uh, with my daughter when uh, you know and in that situation, which we'll probably get into later on too. But, uh, you know, I always respected Joe and definitely Dan. Like I said, I'll, I'll kill somebody if Dan asked me. If Dan came back as a ghost and said, uh, Otis, I need you to boom, 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 go over there and get that person. I'll, I'll get it. So, uh, you know, Dan, you know, that's, that's, that's where, I, you know, that's how, that's, how, that's how I've always been. Especially, like I said, me growing up, the way my parents raised me, I always respected the people who were in charge of the program, especially if I felt that they had your best interests in heart. Right. So I always, you know, respected Joe and, and, and Rad in that aspect, for sure. Yeah. Oh, so so uh, back up a little bit. So, man, because I ain't asked you, but you kind of handed on it. Uh, your academic, uh, 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 you know, um, where were you academically as far as K-12? So you say you get classified as gifted, man. So tell me, when did, when did you know academically you were a little different than, than your, your peers, and, and when did you get started uh, being uh, treated different, and in, in, in as far as being classified as gifted? Uh, I guess after they tested us like first grade, because uh, then I guess that's when they they identified us, and then they there would be like certain times they like they would pull like a handful of us, and we would have a whole different curriculum of stuff to do. And, um, but, you know, I, you know, you know, go, growing up, like I said, my mom's a teacher, all her sisters were teachers. My dad, on my dad's side, his mom was a teacher. He had plenty of aunts that were teachers. So education was always a big thing, you know, in our family. Um, 
like on my mom's side, her and all her sisters were all valedictorians at their high school and college. Oh, wow. So, you know, me just graduating was was very, very below pedestrian, so to say. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and my dad being raised up the way he was, the same thing. So, uh, it was always at an early age that I was always in some type of academic, you know, specialty program because, you know, you know, I was good at math. You know, I would, I would kill math. In fact, um, <laughs> going back to you know before, before going to Largo, I tested it for a science and tech program. I didn't want to go to Roosevelt, which was a science and tech program. So when they, when I took the test, my pride made sure I got I got every answer right on the math part. I think I was like one point short from a perfect. Well, in the reading and the English part, I just like fell asleep and just circled whatever. So I didn't have enough score to go, but my math scores were like off the charts. So, you know, if you saw the graph, math was all up top and all the other stuff was like, you know, very low because I, I didn't care. But I, my ego was not going to let me mess up on the math part. Right, right. But uh, yeah, so I was, it was at an early age and being, you know, part of the academic center at Largo and stuff and doing Academy of Finance were all, you know, big things for me, you know, academic wise. And, you know, that's what led me to Robert Morris with the business program over there. Okay. Yeah, man. So, so, um, fresh for me again, we going back to football, man. So any other besides Waynesburg, man, is there any other memories from freshman year? Like, okay, I got one for you. How good was Tim Hall? Man, first, like I said, when we, going up there, <laughs> all, the, all the regular high school kids, you know, like I said, we're all met, whatever. Then I'm hearing like junior transfers, and I'm like, and I, I see, I see the oldest, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the lineman first. I'm not even worried about, you know, skill position. I'm like, right, right. The he's like six four, six five, and I'm like, dang. Uh, and I heard he's on offense. I was like, okay, <sighs> all right. I don't have to worry about the oldest. I just, I just had to bang with him in practice, you know, to get better. Uh, Frazier, I think he was like six four. Yep. Two, like two forty. I'm like, dang. Okay, we're gonna be, we're gonna have a you know big time wide receiver out this joint. And then you know you see Tim, he he looks athletic, but you don't really see it. You know, it doesn't really come out. But I, right. one of the scrimmages or something, he just see him boom, and then like, oh, he's fast. This you know, bam, runs over somebody like, ooh. And I think even one time in practice, because uh, you know we was doing a lot of inner squad things. You know, me and Tim met in the hall in the, in the hall one time, and I was like, "Okay, at least I got him down." But hope they run an outside play in the next couple of plays. <laughs> I don't want to have to hit, deal with that heat no more. So, uh, yeah, Tim was special to watch on the you know on the defensive side because because seeing him perform, I knew that if the defense we could just hold people, we knew we had a shot with you know giving giving Tim the ball, you know. And it was just, it was special, and you know, and just knowing him off, you know, off the field, you know, very humble guy, you know, he was, you know, you talking about good people on and off the field, right. wonderful. And uh, excuse me, and uh, you like I said, it was it was it was it was it was it was a it was a it was a blessing to, to see that up close and perfect, yeah. you know. And I, I'm really I'm really sad, that, you know how you know how his life and you know ended and it's just it's just you know you just it's like one of the shooting stars you're like man what what if you know yeah man I, you know i always say the same thing shout out to the late great tim hall um who's a robert morris all-time great 
Um, um, I don't know a person that would not put him number one on the list as the greatest Robert Morris football player ever. Um, and he's gonna be in that spot forever, you know. We gonna oh, make yeah. sure of that. So, oh, he he, um, he 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 put us on the map. Yeah, you know, he's a standard. Ain't ain't no if ands or buts about it. So, uh, um, yeah. So him and Rob Frazier, another one, um, extremely important part as a junior college transfer. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Kemper Military Academy. We uh, gonna talk a little more um, in the future about that. Uh, but um, yeah, so so. Um. Yeah. So, right, might as well just go ahead and play the. How good was this person? So, how good was Nate Liss? Uh, Nate. Uh, on on the on the terms of it's like different categories. I'm going. I'm going to go to coach mode a little bit. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Dude, that's what I want you to do, coach. Uh, in terms of of knowing the game, ten ten, knowing the scheme in which we ran. Um, I would say you know. Probably, he was probably like an eight freshman sophomore year, but by senior year, oh, he was definitely ten. I mean, he, him and Rad were, you know, he would, he would, you know, he would call plays and tell Rad, you know, call this, call this, call that. Of course, I'll be in his ear like, hey, call this too, because you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to do this stunt right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was, you know, and I was always, you know, I was, you know, me, I'm a quiet person, but I'm always watching and listening. So I was here, used to hear the side conversation him and. Him and Rad used to have about you know schemes and stuff. Um, his, his you know even though Nate you know probably don't think he's probably not the fastest. Of course he was fast from you know he he had a good range, yeah, uh, good tackling, uh, especially you know if he was a good open field tackler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he probably not had great speed, but he had good enough speed especially for blitzes. Yeah, uh, which you know for for me you know as being a D lineman. And you know how you know how I used to work. You know, I, if I knew that Nate was gonna gonna blitz the A gap, I made sure I grabbed the guards, you know, inside shoulder and, and, and pulled them with him so that right. opened up a little bit more. You know, I, I always tell people I wasn't a playmaker; I was just a play creator. I mean, I did things that created other people to make plays. You know, that was yes. my, that was my whole mindset. I'm gonna absolutely again. You did your job as a D lineman, a true D tackle in his purest form, you know what I'm saying? You took up space, uh, didn't get driven back, you know what I'm saying, and, and held your ground. That was extremely important so the linebackers can scrape and, and, and of course, get all the shine because, you know, that's that's what LBs do, you know? Yeah, I, want, I, I wanted to win. My whole thing was winning, you know? That's I'm, right, that's right. You know, so if, I, if, if I got to open up this lane so that our linebackers could blitz, Hey, that's, that's 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 my job, you know. And if they happen to not block me while they pick up these linebackers, all right, I'll make the play too. But that's right. But my, my whole thing was let me create, let me do things to create stuff for other people on on our field. And uh, you know, with Nate, you know, because I knew so much of the scheme along with Nate, I knew exactly what I had to do to make me take that extra thing for the, for that play. Right. Um, for blitzes, and even when you when you was on on my side as a DN. If I knew we was doing a uh, type of game over there, I made sure that I block your guy off while dragging mine, so you had a clear shot. I mean, Absolutely. Look back at some of your film; you'll see how when you used to loop around me. Oh yeah, oh bro, I could open. I know. I trust <laughs> me. I know. I told you. I I gave you your love from the beginning for, for you to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Coming from Kemper, I yeah. knew. You know, I knew a good coaching finally looked like. You know what I'm saying? My sophomore year, we we did get some good coaching. My freshman year, trash. 
straight mm. trash. So I imagine I've always pictured like coming in with y'all freshman year, what have been look what, what it would have been like to like get coaching right from the jump. You right. know, and, and so yeah, man. I, I got another one for you. This is a special one. How good was Wes Johnson? Now, believe it or not, Wes was a linebacker and a fullback in high school. <laughs> so at best, we'll see, at best we'll see, you know, going up there, we was like, they probably put you a strong safety or something like that, you know, right. outside backer. So when they put my DB, I was like, what, you gonna handle it? Because, you know, this some speed. You know, Wes was fast, but in quick. Right. I was like, I was going to handle some of these guys. He was like, well, if we play a lot of zone, I'll be all right, you know. But, but Wes, you know, <laughs> Wes, like, very similar to Dante, uh, were, were good with their hands, good, you know, Wes was strong up top, so he could jam receivers. Um, Wes was also a student of the game, so he understood, you know, uh, you know, concepts and plays. You know, me and Wes, you know, were rookies, so we used to play NCAA football all the times, and we 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 would we would purposely, you know, we would like talk about the plays that we would pick and what's going on in the play. You know, forget about you know how how good are we on the controller. It was like. You know, you know, I got you on that on that cover three, or you know, we was that type of talk we were having, you know, while we were playing. So, Wes, he brought energy. You know, Wes was very uh, charismatic. So he, so when time when you know I'm not I'm not mentally there, he he would pick me up. Um, you know, the toughness. Uh, Wes was probably you know was probably the main reason why I continued even to work out. You know, while I when I when I you know during the off season, even during the season sometimes. So uh, Wes was definitely an uh, athlete, and he 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 was he was also a person that made plays. I mean, you look at some of those first first two three years. See Wes, you know, being that that secondary person or first the person that that causes the chain reaction of boom that interception, boom that fumble, and he was a hitter too. Of course, you know, you come from. Mm -hmm. That's one thing we was known at Largo at that time was we're going to hit you. And you may drop that ball if you if you get hit by us. Right. So yeah. Yeah, man. My, my, my man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out Wes Johnson, man. I, again, one of those people that I, right away, man, you know, being from a junior college transfer from Miami, Florida, you know, just learning to read people. And, and Wes was automatically one of them dudes that, that, you know, just, just the way he approached me and how we, conversations that we had. It was instant respect, you know what I'm saying? Instant, instant respect. Like, I like this guy. But I, when I saw him get on the scale with Timberland boots on, thinking that he went, I said, man, that was it for me. I said, I can't wait to find out who he is. Did I want to ask him, what kind of measurement was he hoping to get wearing them big ass Timberland boots on? <laughs> you try to get an extra inch. You try to get an extra inch of height. Yeah, man. And I'm like, bro, come on, dude. Who are you kidding? You know but what I'm saying? But you can pick up all the rounds because we all wore Tim's all, all Dude, I learned again. Wes was the first that I saw him like, it's hot as hell. I know his ankles are hot. And then I saw the rest of y'all wearing Tim's in the summertime. And I'm just like, yeah, these dudes are a little different, man. They different for real. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we gonna make you sure you know who we are and, and how we roll. And, and that's one of the things that we that you know, with much of an introvert, I'm really in. West was a very strong extrovert, and we sort of balance each other out. Right. A lot of my extrovert or allowed my meat personality to really come out, you know, during my time up there, at Robert Morris. So yeah, man. 
So Wes yeah. was definitely a great teammate, but he was a good roommate and a great friend, you know, while I was in college, you know. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, man, so sophomore year, y'all go uh, six and four. Hold on, let's go about freshman year. This is something I want to talk about freshman year. Go ahead, go ahead, freshman year, freshman year. Duquesne, you know, we always got to talk about, we got to talk about. Oh, my bad, you right, yeah. Tell me about that first Duquesne game, man. Oh, it, it, was, it, it was a lot of hype, you know. Yeah. We're five and zero. Oh. Uh, they were five and zero. Oh. You know, crosstown rivals. You know, and, you know, you know, rival games were big. You know, back in Maryland, so it was like this is like okay, this is what it is up here. And 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 after you know, you know how Western Pennsylvania loves football, so everybody came out to that to that. Yeah. Game. And and in that game, uh, uh, Duquesne was like on the two or something, a one yard line. I can't remember how. I think you tried to go for it or something. And Fred Man like comes in the huddle was like, anybody who gets safety, I'm buying them a pack of beer. <laughs> Next play, they, they wanted to, they did a pass play using a little stabbing pick that Shula uh, taught taught me. Got that first safety in uh, Robert Moore's uh, uh, history. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, yo, this is it. And in fact, that play was the play that ESPN showed uh, when they talked talked about you know undefeated teams. Uh, in college football that year. You know, if you ever ever find it, you see me, you know, get the sack, come up, and hit the little go-go one leg up, everything, everybody jumping on me, you know? So that's always been a very special play for me. And of course, man, I, you know, he get, got me some, you know, got me some uh, some alcohol, you know. <laughs> so, Shout out to Dr. Fred Manilak. Cannot wait to have him on as a guest. Uh, one of the first people to uh, agree but he's so damn busy, you know, with, with working mm -hmm. at University of Miami uh, orthopedic surgery. So shout out to Dr. Fred Manilak, man. Uh, another Robert Moore's all-time great, man. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, so, uh, uh, but sophomore year, y'all go six and four. Rad is not there. He's at uh, NFL Europe. Um, 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 Tim Hall, the focus is on him, Rob Frazier. Like Dante said, um, deep threat is not there, so more focus on Tim. Uh, uh, defense, y'all gave up, uh, uh, I think, 12 points, uh, a total of 12 points in four games as far as loss, a lot of close games. So how was it that sophomore year, especially being there without Rand? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely a different different feel with uh, with Lance. Um, you know, we'll still run the same scheme, you know. I think we uh, probably was a little bit less conservative because you, you – Everybody's less conservative than Rad, because Rad, Rad said we're gonna blitz, we're gonna be aggressive because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go, to, I'm gonna go sleep on the sideline if, if we're gonna blitz enough. Right. So wasn't too big on blitzing, but uh, but like I said, teams, teams now were gearing up for us. So that for the previous year, we already ruined their homecoming. Right. <laughs> ruined their streets. So everybody games jumped up when they came came, came to us. Oh yeah. Uh, I got injured. I took a I took a, a cut block to my ankle against Duquesne. Um, I, I, <laughs> or why I remember because I think they fumbled and we, and uh, that might have been a touchdown or not. But I just remember seeing myself on the on the game fields, late sitting on the on the floor like, oh my ankle. <laughs> but um, but I was injured and I was on and off the field, especially during the, the tail end of that season. And that's when me and Addy got real close, you know, because I was in the training room a lot a lot that year. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can say why we didn't do as well that that sophomore year, 
Uh, could have been the ego, could have been the change on defense. Uh, Rob had injuries. Everybody was keen in on Tim. Uh, for me personally, maybe because I, I wasn't fully healthy, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, I guess it's sort of a wake up call. You know, let us know that we still have more to grow, more to, to build up on. Uh, we just couldn't, you know, lay on our laurels. We had to keep keep pushing, get better uh, as a team. But uh, but yeah, that was that was a tough year for even for me because uh, uh, I was thinking that was that the year. That was a uh, no. That was yeah. That was the uh, yeah. That was the year that my daughter was born. I believe yeah. Because I was twenty years old. Yeah. So. So I was going for a lot of personal things. Then I'm injured and I'm like, man, what's good? You know, I'm dealing with a lot of things. So right. football was like really sort of away, but it wasn't because I was injured. So I really couldn't even really fully um, participate, you know, in that. Only thing that probably kept me really going was this, the next group of kids from Largo came up. So I had to really school them on, you know, getting into the program and try to get them mentally ready and get them, you know, try to, you know, I want to see my guys, you know, be on the field. I want, I want right. to take that fullback spot. Right. I right. wanted Anthony West to, you know, do well at wide receiver, and Antoine to do well at wide receiver. So, you know, I, I started taking on that mentor type situation because I was the guy that they knew before. They knew, hey, this is Nick from Largo. He's gonna take care of. I, I took on that role um, on the on the side. So that's, that's that sort of helped me stay focused, even though I was injured. For most of that year yeah speaking of man and I, I i mentioned we talked about your freshman year coming on campus but um let's talk about the culture shock what was one of the most uh what was one of the biggest culture shocks you experienced when you got the moon and just you know in any regard <clears throat> uh you know i don't think they had a name for it back then but now they call it micro uh micro microaggression right you know they're not saying nothing outwardly racist but little little nuances and how they say or do things. It was like, really? Is, is it like that? Because I'm black, you know, it was that type of culture shock that we had coming up. And not only for us as not only the people from Maryland, but all the black athletes that came onto Robert Morris campus because right. the year before from, from what, from what, from what I understood was, um, at Robert Morris on the weekends, there was nobody on campus because everybody lived close enough that they just go home for the weekend and come back. Now you bring in a hundred so athletes, most of them black, uh, living, you know, three plus hours away. Now you got all these people on campus, you know, cause they had to change the cafeteria times. Cause it was like four people on campus, you know, and then us trying to, you know, understand, you know, you know, not try to not try to take everything that we even said or done as is it because I'm black or because we're black, you know, it was just trying to always go in that direction. But sometimes it felt that way, especially you're young. And this was during the, during the OJ Simpson uh, trial. So those tensions was always around, you know, uh, like I remember when OJ Simpson verdict came out, you know, a lot of athletes who were black were all up and cheering. All the other students were like, man, what's going on here? You know, it was, it was that type of, somewhat tension going on um but because because i guess you know people like me and like you know we, we still interacted with anybody it wasn't that much of an issue i don't think we never had any true race issue it was always those micro you know microaggressions that always came across 
you know, give you an example. Um, you know, I was an accounting major and I was in a lot of my classes on campus, I was the only black person in the class. So, you know, even in some of my other classes, like, you know, like I took a, a black literature class at Robert Morris mm-hmm. and which was, was me, it was funny that they had one, but uh, they were talking about, you know, like slave hymns and talking about flying, you know, like moving away, getting away from the, from the plantation. And one of the, uh, of course, you know, uh, white students there was like, do, do they think they could really fly? And I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, this, these are the things that, you know, I'm witnessing up front that they're, that they're not even understanding. And I had to talk to the black athletes when they felt that a teacher or a counselor was not understanding with them. Like, hey, is there, they're not trying to say it this way. They just don't know. And so I, I sort of played almost like the middle, you know, like the mediator when it comes to like, yeah, hey, me, are they are they being racist with this? I'm like, nah, this, this I had to really sort of explain. They're not really trying to be racist with stuff. It's just that they just don't understand where you're coming from. This is something new, not only for us as, you know, black athletes or black, even black students, uh, for, but for even for the staff. I mean, I, I've I've heard staff like, I I never had a black student in my class until this year. You know, when you hear the professors say that, it's like weird. Yeah. Oh, but uh, we 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 didn't have like I said we never had no true issues, but it was always it felt like the tension was sometimes there, based on the situation. You know. Yeah. Um, but it, we but we I think because of people like me and, and a couple of other other uh, black students always were the in between. So that we never really, you know, decide. You know, we didn't have, we didn't have to do no big march on moon campus or nothing like that. Right, right. But we always were there to always, you know, okay, this is a situation. Let's come and talk about it. Let's deal with it. Like even with the whole starting of the uh, the, uh, the Black Student Union, that was a whole big hobo where we had to go to the SGA and, and we had to go through meetings and one on one meetings with the council with the uh, uh, Chandler of uh, student activities. Right. It was like you know like. Wow, this is like some 1960s stuff trying to, just for us to have a group that we could call, you know, for bring, you know, for black students to come together on campus. Not just athletes, but we're about anybody, but we just want to have a voice and y'all are sort of fighting on us, so why can't we have this voice? But I I, I understood, you know, especially looking back now, they just didn't know. They just didn't know to uh, properly, you know, put things in place or didn't have these things before. Like, before uh, Steve Napper, there was no black fraternities on there. Yeah. So until Napper came with uh, Phi Beta Sigma, you know, you know, I give it up up to him. You know, he he established that flagpole at Robert Morris. Single handedly, you know, I, I admired you know Phi Beta Sigma from afar. The, the tra- chapter at Robert Morris. Obviously, a lot of our teammates were fratern- in the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of the guys from Kemper um, that I went to school with was, was there. But Steve Napper is is so important as it relates to uh, the black culture and Robert Morris and really establishing one with uh, um, bringing the signals, like you said, on campus. So shout out to um, he will forever be known as that guy as it relates to the uh, black students who attended Robert Morris in the 90s as, you know, really being a pioneer and, and oh, yeah, extremely definitely. important. Yeah, definitely. man. So, um, so yeah, back to football, man. So, uh, junior year. Now, this is my, my when I first get there and uh, 
you know, CC, yo, yo, D-tackle counterpart were telling me like, yo, if you come, you know, we gonna win the championship. You gonna win, we gonna win, man, we gonna win. Go get that ring. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and we believed it. You know, I believed it because CC believed it. You know, and and um, it's coming in, and and the Rad is back. Um, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, I'm looking at a fine oil machine that's that's been going winning, and and uh, um, it was just an honor to be a part of. You know, um, as a junior college transfer, you trying to kind of get in where you fit in. You know, and it was a lot of competition. So, um, what do you remember about our junior year, man? Don't we can't go straight to the, to the Duquesne game. That's that's yeah, that's too that's, juicy. That's, that's too juicy. Yeah, so that's the, it. Yeah, because we, we got issues with the Duquesne game. Oh yeah, me and you got issues. <laughs> me and you got issues with that one, bro. So, uh, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. So I I remember obviously a, a starting out like I think first five games, nobody scoring on first team defense. Mm -hmm. um, that was so cool to be a part of, man. And of course, we know Central Connecticut scored on second team. Um, that was some BS, but you know, mm -hmm. we knew that, that 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 we, you know, we we held that thing down. And that was just beautiful to watch, man. What you remember? Uh, I mean, it, it was a very special year. Um, that for that that junior year. Um, uh, even for for me, it started off a little bit promotional because. Uh, all my whole my whole four years at Rod Morris, I always stayed up there in the summertime to take classes because I knew I couldn't do regular, you know, regular class and then still do football. And then you know, you know, I was doing cheerleading too. So it was like I was, you know, me, I was all over the place. Right. So um so junior year and junior year was was also a little bit tough for me football wise because I believe he brought in CC. Did Murray come in junior year too? Yeah, Murray was freshman. Yeah. So the whoever the the, the coach, I think Coach Strand, who who recruited uh, Murray, I think also probably even recruited Joe Watts. I'm not sure you remember Joe Watts too. Yep, yep, remember Watts. Uh, coach Stan came to me and was talking about, yeah, I got this guy from uh, Tennessee. We'll take your spot. You know, I'm from Ohio. Or like, and you know, for me. You, like I said, I, I'm already coming. I come come with a chip of the shoulder. I'm coming off an injury. I'm like, dang, they trying to replace me like this. You know, I'm just I'm taking this like really as a you know like what's going on. Like what what did I truly do? Now I don't know because you know I sort of well I don't know if I want to talk about that, but I felt that's when certain aspects of the coaching staff either did not like either even either with my weight or uh, they felt my overall Stanima throughout the whole game, and that's why they probably brought in these guys. You know, I don't, I don't know if it was you know a personal thing or not, because I'm not sure if you remember. Like you know, they always would put the starting lineup up on the board like that right. Friday, and they'll put me at second team, right? And I'll go to Coach Schuler like, yo, what's going on? Why don't they got me second team? And he'll be like, I don't know. So I don't know if he's just you know gas like me to be like. I don't know if they, they had a coach meeting was like, okay, we're gonna put uh, meat on second team and maybe that'll you know push them to do, you know, to be better. Right. I don't uh, I don't know. I think back about it, I, but that sort of got me upset that not only are you recruiting guys to take my spot, I mean, I already worry about this guy from Florida who sounds crazy next to my locker, you know, CC. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already like on edge, like what's going on? I'm dealing with <laughs> personal stuff, you know, off the field. I'm like, 
man, what's going on? Why are they hating on me? You know, like this is like really messing with, messing my head. Um, so for me, it was like a big struggle to figure out: is it something that I was doing, or is it something that you know? I just it was really tough that junior year in terms of where where I, where I felt I stood. Mm. You know? Um, I, I know I may sound come across as bitter, but you know, you look back on it, you know, you're young, you're dumb, you know, you do a lot of stuff, but I don't know if uh, certain things in terms of what they thought I was doing off campus or on campus or how you want to call it, had had them wondering, you know, where was my mindset at or what, what was my overall building? And I, you know, I tell my, even my kids today, sometimes you're guilty by association because you know me, You'll see me hang out with, with uh, the kids from, from, from Largo, see me hang out with, with Ohio, see me hang out with uh, Phi Beta Sigmas, you see me with you know some of the white fraternities and, and white uh, classmates. So I was I knew a lot of people a lot of different circles. Right. You no, know, if because I associated with certain people, they thought, you know, maybe felt, you know, meat's not on, you know, meat's not doing what he's supposed to do. So they they sort of downgraded me in terms of overall um you know what you know in terms of you know not try to truly depend on me being there you know and and i look back on it and i say yeah that could have been it because you know me i i'm, I'm everybody's friend when i'm talking to you you know right uh, you're my best you know you're my, I'm, I'm be i'm there i'm do what i can for you as a friend mm -hmm. but then I'll, I'll go back to my introverted self and until i'm, I'm in somebody else's orbit so junior year I was getting playing time and they'll do stuff like, you know, I remember I think the dating game. During warm-ups, they'll come to me like, okay, you're starting. I'm like, oh now I'm starting. You know, you know, and I'll, and I'll just have that chip on my shoulder. Um, and then you know, if you was on second team, you had to go practice against the first offense. I'm like, so I'm not getting no time with the first defense. So my whole mindset, I'm gonna mess up because I know, you know, like I said, I'm a football person. I know all Joe's plays. Right. <laughs> the line calls. So when they said when they say scoop, 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 I was like, okay, they're going to do this side. I will blow things up that Joe will be like, Joe. It's like Joe be like, no, Joe, Joe won't be like, me, get over there with the defense. Get out, get out, get out of here. <laughs> I'm messing up their plays because I know what is doing. I, and I right, right. You <laughs> and, and, and I knew these old linemen, so I knew they're good, their their faults and stuff. So he was like, me, get over there with the first defense. You, you, you're you're messing up our our, our practice, you know. <laughs> That was the chip of shoulder, the chip I had on my shoulder because I felt that I felt disrespected. Mm -hmm. You know. So junior year was like I said, very up and down for me, but I had people like Wes, you know, and I had you know you was on my side because you know when you was in there, you know, we, we were rock, you know, we had our own little calls and stuff. Yeah, man. Had man like, you know, and I was still y'all still creating plays, you know. Yeah. Cause like, right. like and then like, like, let me let me go to the Wagner game, junior year up at Wagner. Now, we knew we had certain people on our defense, certain people on the team that was hurt, mm. not because of football, because of other yeah, <laughs> we know. So certain people weren't certain people, and, and this is why, why this is one reason why I still hold a grudge against that that group, right? <laughs> group on our team, but the group as a, even now when I see so see see that organization, I'd be like, man. I don't mess with y'all because y'all cost us that Wagner game. Because <laughs> you know, if you remember, we was down 35-0. Yeah, man. 35-7. 35-7. Oh, 35 yeah, because because uh Wanamaker took a took a kickoff back. Yep. And and so we knew we knew why we knew why certain players weren't 
up to their par. Right. And and it, it was pissing off everybody else because we cause we were, couldn't say because we knew it would have been a bigger bag of, of, of worms if we say why they were up to par. Right. <laughs> at the same time, and at the same time, they weren't playing me. And I'm like, I see the results of this. And and um trying to think. And this is why this is why I always will this, this is why Nate List is another person. Nate List said somebody messing with my kid, I need to come up here and, and beat him up. I would do it for Nate List because of this. And this is why when you said Murray said this, Nate said this for me too. They they were getting dog because they were doing that big counter tray. And he was like, get get me in. And I'm, right. I'm looking at the coach, like, well, coach, what are we gonna do? We're gonna keep me on the sideline, we're gonna go in. So they brought me in and I did what I do. I held up people, cr- cracked back on, you know, took t- down that trap. And we shut them out until I think they scored one touchdown in the second half. And yeah. Because we was 35-7, like you said, we yep. got it to 35. 35-35 was it 40? Yeah, they, we got it to 35-35. They kicked the uh, field goal to, to win it 38-35. Yeah, and it was like a 40-yard. I swear that jump didn't go in. I yeah. Going. But <laughs> but that game really sort of pissed me off on a lot of on a lot of levels. Not because. Not because they weren't playing me, I thought it was more than they should have, but also the little side stuff that was going on within our own team. Right. You know, I felt that they, you know, that organization like sabotaged us in a way. <laughs> but, you know, much as much as love, I have much the love for those people. I just feel that game, that's a very sore spot for me. <laughs> I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose, especially losing that way. Yeah, man. That, 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 was, that, that was a tough game. one, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get. Ricky Sorrell on the uh, interview too, man. That, that's, oh. uh, uh, I'm hoping to talk to him, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> talking about thing about Ricky. Uh, the thing about Ricky was, I'm glad I'm not as fast as I, I am because I would have caught a lot of the heat. I saw a lot of those hits that he put on people. Like I seen him, I seen him hit Roach. I seen him hit West, and that's because I wasn't fast enough to get there. I, saw, I had front row seats. I was like, ooh, I was like, yeah, trainer over or something. Man, nothing. As as someone who who had to tackle him, mm-hmm. uh, and, and me him in the hole, I'm telling you, it hurt. Oh yeah, it hurt. That. It just amazed me how someone his size was mm-hmm. able to do what he did. I mean, godly. Oh yeah, I, I I met him in the hole one time, and I know the right side of my face got numb. Yeah, I was just praying that you know it it, it came back before the next play, but. I was like, oh my God, I think I'm thinking about, about to die on here. <laughs> yeah, man. It hurt, man. It, it God, it, it hurt to tackle that guy, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Shout out to Rick Sorrell, uh, Sorrell uh, Northeast Conference, all-time uh, leading rusher. Um, shoot, I think he owed every rushing category there is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, so, so, let's get to the game, man. D-game. So our last game of the season, our junior year, we got to bring up Duquesne again. We get to play Duquesne. Set the stage. Duquesne is on a 19-game winning streak. Uh, We are on a, I don't know. uh, I mean, we we, we are the best team in the Northeast Conference. Right. And, um, you know, we we get selected to play in the bowl game, and we got to play on Duquesne's field. um, And... We have turf shoes, you know, guys playing with running shoes on. 
uh, 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 this before Under Armour and all that. We got playing with thermals, and uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I know I did uh, being from Florida. But what you remember about uh, uh, uh game? We we gonna we gonna we gonna get to deep play later on. But what you remember about the energy and in, in the beginning, like the the the, the uh, what you remember about that game? Oh, the energy was was static because uh, by this time, junior year, we we know we, we we met a couple of the Duquesne players. We know some of the Duquesne players. You know, you know, being in the same area. Yeah. Of course, you know they were talking smack because it was on the nineteen game street. Uh, and so we we were looking very underdogish going into that game. Even yep. though, you know, I think we beat them. Uh, yeah, we beat them two previous years. So we felt we felt what we felt we had as a team had a chip on our shoulder that wow we got to go to Duquesne for this game. You know, um, and then their, their turf wasn't their, uh, no, no their turf wasn't the worst that we played on. I think it was like right. it was the worst. That that felt terrible. But Duquesne was. Uh, it was pretty pretty decent for its time, um, but we've just had that chip. Like, why do we gotta go here? We we beat this team twice. They they play nobody, and you know that the, the energy was there because it was a champ, it was a bowl game. It was you know in in town type of thing. So yeah, I was you know we, we was we was hyped for that game because we knew that we could, we could get them. We knew we 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 could get them. You know, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I just remember balling and doing my thing during that game. Uh, yeah, man, it was yeah. fun on defense, boy. Oh yeah, we, we, we had, had a lot of fun on defense. Oh yeah, because you know, like I say, Rad was, was very aggressive with his calls. Yeah, and we appreciated that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so let's just go right into it, man. The play that was called back. You know, I, I, I tell this day, you again, everybody know you were robbed, brother. So what oh. you remember about that fumble recovery that what never was and how, man, because I know you had your dance ready. I know you're going to do something in that end zone, man. Oh. But tell me, what do you remember about that play? I just remember, what I remember most about that play is, I don't think Duquesne's field was was 120 yards. I think it was like 200 yards. <laughs> yeah, that's such a D-lineman thing to say, too, Because, uh, you know, whatever, you know, shedding the, shedding the block, you got it, you got back there. Um, you stripped, you stripped, you stripped the guy. Yeah. But in this the conference, they said you you tipped the ball too. That's how you gonna do it with his foot. Yeah, actually yeah, I did, bro. When you watch the film, that's why I, that's why the, there was a fumble. I kicked it out of his hand. Oh, you kicked it out of him, but you didn't kick it to me. You just kicked no. it out of his hand. Right. So so I was like, he I mean, I know he's from the Caribbean, doesn't mean he knows how to work his feet like that. <laughs> so we both got through on the line and you you made you made the uh the forced fumble and the ball, you know, so I'm, I'm like scoop is cause it's scoop a score, you know, let's let's go. Yeah, man. And I started running. I hear the crowd roaring. I see the goal line, and I swear that thing kept on moving back further. Because <laughs> I think either my sophomore or freshman year, I picked up a fumble at Gannon, and but it was only like on the thirty or something. Right. And that run was long too. That's why they were able to catch up because everybody was looking left, and the person that got me came from the right. <laughs> so I cussed everybody out during the film during during that play, but. But uh, Duquesne, 
Yeah, I scooped, scored, and then I think I heard the whistle, but I was like, I'm still <laughs> running. And, you know, I got there, I was tired. I was like, you know, I'm glad they got backups for me now. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I, I remember the vivid call on the highlight tape when they described it. And they're like, oh, this guy is running with the ball. Then the whistle blown. They're like, how could you deny oh, this founder of his touchdown? Yeah. <laughs> it that, was a that, perfect call for the situation. Oh, uh, that, that play would have put me in the top 200 of all-time scoring from two <laughs> to eight. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I know one thing. It would have sealed the game and made it not as close. Right. You know, that was, yeah, that was the one we needed because it, it, that was a little too close for comfort. But, you know, that that was the one I think that would have solidified it for us, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, man. Came, uh, money came into that one. That's, that was, that was, that's a call that I'm always upset about. I mean, yeah, I, man. I yep, never blame yep. you because you put you put me in a good position to, to make that. Point. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, man. That was good. That was good. That, that, that again sticks out in my mind, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. So, so 1996, we win uh, uh, East uh, Northeast Conference champions. We win the uh, ECAC uh, uh, um, conference. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, championship. Um, get going to senior year. Um, you know, almost everybody's back uh, on defense. Um, uh, we we are, 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 you know, feeling confident about what was to come. And what do you remember about our senior year? Oh, everybody! Everybody was gunning for us. Everybody! Everybody had an attitude whenever wherever we went, home or away. Yeah. They even tried to talk to us, you know, while we was doing our regular warm-ups chance. Oh, there's some chilliers over there, y'all. Yeah, man. This, this is what we do. This is what, you know, and everybody just, you know, because like I said, we, we was champions. We've been beating on people all, for the last three years. Right. You know, you know, I think that, that's when the Sky Report started to put names out. So they was calling us by our, by our names and stuff. So everybody was definitely gunning for it. They knew that we were the dolls to get. You know, if you if you get if you get Robert Morris, then you you had a strong team that you right. everybody was basing their their success based on how well they did against us, and, and we had to come out each and every week and uh, and and not, and not not things out. You know, um, I know we had some tough tough losses. You know, I think we lost to Townsend that year, I think. But um, yeah, not to a Townsend person because I was you know Merlin you know Merlin school, but. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing I remember about that year. Um, still, I was going through the whole, you know, they was playing second string, first string with me. Uh -huh. Like, okay, you know, they, they're going to call me when they need me. And, you know, of course, I had people like Nate, Nate, who was, you know, always like, hey, you know, we need meat now, you know. So uh, that was that was, that was was the thing that I remember, you know, as much as I, I was probably the only person that was on second team that was probably considered a leader on that team. Right. You know, but um, but I do remember everybody was gunning for us because they knew we was a champion. We just won the bowl game. They wanted to, they wanted to they wanted to put their mark on us, and we wouldn't we wouldn't allow it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We go eight and three that year. Uh, uh, lose to um, um, Dayton in a very close one. Mm -hmm. Lose to uh, Mercyhurst in a close one. Yeah. Uh, lose to Townsend in a close one. Um, but we're still selected to play in the bowl game against Georgetown. 
Mm -hmm. um, I vividly, vividly remember the locker room in Georgetown, man, and us. The energy was not good, man. I just remember, like, you can feel a combination of, you know, this is a pretty good team, but also, like, this is the last hurrah. And I think that at that moment, especially even, even on the bus ride up, the nostalgia was, you know, no one really, it really, it did kick in. But in the locker room, I can really sense and feel that for the senior class, the original senior class, like, holy shit, this is it. And so yeah. what do you remember from that last game? Um, I, I just, I do remember that everybody was like, we were all looking around like, man, this is, this is it. This is, this is yeah. nothing after this. There's, there's no coming back in the summer. There's no, you know, there's no, no more team meetings. There's no more, you know, playing around, doing film. There's, this, this, this is, you know, um, and it, it was especially very, very, almost like homecoming for me because we was going back to DC. So this was like the closest we ever played to my home. So it was really like, totally like going home. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and, and and you know and you know you wanted to, wanted to look good I, you know I was you know I'm I'm recognizing local news being there you know and I'm like man this this is it I got you know and and that and you're right that energy was like was very eerie you know like you feel like you feel something in the air but you couldn't figure it out yeah um it was you know and and it, and it was very especially especially like I said a lot of, a lot of family and friends you know was there. So it felt very, 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 you know, you know, clean, you know, like you knew this was in and you just yeah. had, had to go out. You, you, want, you want to go out and you, and you didn't want that, that loss to be your last defining thing that we built four years with, with these guys that, that I called my brothers, you know, yeah, man. and you really wanted to go out there and we, and we did it, you know, um, we really truly did it. And, and, the, and the one thing, you know, one thing off the field about that whole incident is, um, and I know this is like so weird, that this is why I associate Georgetown in that game was, like I said earlier, my daughter was born two years ago. Uh -huh. um, I've really kept that a secret from my whole family um, up until that game. Cause, oh, wow. Because a, a letter came from, uh, from, from, uh, from the courts in Pittsburgh. They sent it to my home address, not my school address. So after the game, I'm talking to my aunt. She's like, uh, I got a letter from uh, from the child department of Pittsburgh. Is this what I think it is? I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, so that's one of the, one of the somber things I remember. You know, yeah, mm. we had the game, but, you know, that's me had to, you know, telling my aunt, you know, yeah, I got a daughter. And, uh, you know, so that whole experience, whole, finalized in terms of my journey up at Robert Morris, you know. Um, so that that had a whole, like I said, that, that game has a whole lot, lot of meaning for me, you know, personally. You know, that you know, last game playing with my brothers, but being truly open about, you know, about about my daughter, you know, because like I, like I said this whole time, I, I'm an introvert, so. Right. Something like that, I really did not know how to talk and communicate because I really didn't have no support. I didn't have no parents that I could really be like, mom, dad, I'm going through this, what should I do, you know? And, you know, but 
I would never, I would not take anything back from the whole time at Robert Morris. You know, even the thing hated or disliked is all built up as, as to who I am now. So I can none of that away. Yeah, man, it's funny is you share is a lot of things that we share in that regard as relates to our careers and you know how we saw ourselves, how we wanted to be. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, did a lot of critical self reflection on my time at Robert Morris, both as a player and coach. And uh, you know, I had been home homecoming in 15 plus years, and so um, I, was I, asked, I never, I never been to a homecoming. Oh wow. Yeah, man. I I could say even before COVID, I had already made a decision like, yo, like I need to go back. You know, I, I invest too much time, effort, energy, you know, and, um, you know, yeah, um, it, it, it's not the same school. It's not the same people. It's not none of that, you know, and um, yeah, um, I, I really had this need, which is why the podcast started was like, man, I really need to reconnect with the people that I went to battle with. Cause uh, you know, just being in the academy and trying to get into the academic space, higher education, they talk about team cause you're in departments and all that, but they are clueless. Mm. You know, most academics are absolutely clueless about what, the, what it takes to be on a team. The sacrifice, you know, to the, the, the uh, pushing the greater good of others, you know, for the bigger goal they're clueless. It's a very individualistically driven uh, um, career path. And, um, um, but then the special ones are the ones that understand the power of community, et cetera. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, I'm grateful for, and I highly encourage you, my brother, to, you know, we need to go back, especially the fact that um, there will be a Dan Radakovich, uh, uh some kind of service um, that he wasn't truly able to be given to as far as celebration. I think they're going to be doing some kind of makeup. Um, but also, I know, well, the 2000 team, um, they're going to be a special celebration for them as well. But yeah, you know, they got a brother as a coach now. And, um, you know, uh, um, um, not, not only um, to support him a, as a black coach, but just in general, our, our, you know, that's our institution. That, that's where we, we help build that. So. Um, we, we owe it, you know, to go back and, 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 and reap the rewards of what we built. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, we were definitely the cornerstones of, of what that, that program has become. Uh, the, the level of play, the level of achievement that is not just required, but, you know, is, is demanded from, from, from us that, that, that came before them. Um, now, I've, I've visited the school. You know, cause you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go visit Abby. Hey, she, right, right. She, uh, you know, she she show me around every time something new new is up there, um, and and she'll, uh, you know, and, and she she'll, you know, be you know, whoever the new meet is at the time or whoever the horse, you know, whoever the right. main people are. Um, and I, I think I only game I think one only game I really went to was that the Wagner game after my senior year, um, uh, cause uh. Yeah, that was the only game I actually gone to um, since since I left. Um, mainly because of, you know I was coaching pretty much once I got out, and we was playing on Saturdays, so I couldn't really make those type of trips. But um, but now since we now we got lights now, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Friday, so so I'm more open to possibly making that trip up there. Good. 
Yeah, man, I, I'm actually going to the Kennesaw game next weekend. Um, you know, because it's an uh, hour and a half from me. I'm in Chattanooga, so I'm going to get a chance. To, you know, hopefully it don't get canceled, but I'm going to go check it out. Um, but yeah, man, so let's get into life after football, man. So you dive right into coaching. So you're an educator, um, and you said 20 years. So uh, well, how is uh, career-wise, man, being in education and uh, uh, coaching, man? How's that been for you? Because uh, my battery's going dead. Oh, and, uh, but yeah, go ahead, man. What you got? So, um, so it's funny because remember, I, I went, I went to Rob Moore's for accounting. So, <laughs> so uh, when I got out, I was doing some, you know, doing different accounting jobs, trying to figure out where do I want to be. And then when I was in between jobs, my aunt was like, uh, you know, the county's, you know, looking for teachers. So I said, like, okay, let me try, you know, let me do this teacher thing because there was a, a shortage of teachers. Um, so, you know, I applied, got it, you know, because I had a degree, especially in accounting. They needed math teachers, so I was, I was, I was in the door. Um, I was able to get, you know, get a coaching job at one of the, um, at one of the other high schools here. Um, my, my, my high school coach saw that I was coaching and brought me over to him, so I was at Largo for a bit. And then I went over to uh, the school that I'm teaching at now, uh, uh, CH Flowers. Uh, where we've had, we had a very strong program, um, made playoffs, I believe, almost, I won't say 80% of the history of the school. It was a new school. If this school was built when I was in high school, I probably, I would have gone to this school. Um, so I became a wrestling coach, been uh, named uh, coach of the year one time. I had a couple of uh, state placers. So uh, I felt, you know, education-wise, I've done pretty well, you know, try to pass on and try to give back to to my community here at uh, in Prince George's County. Um, yeah. Just trying to instill those things, and you know, just you know, you know, especially with the kids nowadays. No matter if you're from the hood or or you're in a gated community, they all seem to have the uh, mentality of I want to be a rapper or athlete. And I'm like, you got to think more than that because you know the percentage of you even being an athlete is low let alone being a rapper, you got to be in the right place, right time and have the right backing. You need to make, you know, you need to decide if you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to be a doctor or, or, you know, a manager or, you know, accountant, you know, you got to think of these other avenues than just these, I, I call lottery, lottery careers because um, it's, it, it takes a lot of work. And unless you put in the work and dedication, you still may not make it. Uh -huh. I know if you, if you're an entrepreneur or you you know you go to college and get a degree, you have other avenues to look at that's gonna, you know, provide the lifestyle that you want. You know, so I've been pretty a mentor to a lot of these young kids around here. Uh, some of them, you know, call me dad. I'm like, I'm not your dad, but you know, <laughs> you know, but you you know, you know how I am. I'm, I'm always gonna look out for 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 the next man. And I'm gonna um and that's that's pretty much, you know, what I've been doing for the last 20 years, just trying to trying to be there for some of these kids and and families, uh, you know, no matter, you know, if, if you if you want to put in the work, I'm willing to try and help you out and get, get you to where you want to be. Yeah, man. Been doing, you know, for the last 20 plus years now, you know, either, even through Zoom or in person. Yeah, yeah, man, that's dope, man. Again, uh, yeah, so, you know, coaching, you know, continuing the, you know the, the the what you've learned from you know your football education and Robert Morris and uh, thank thank you brother for not allowing DBs to backpedal 
because you know he, he who backpedal backpedal out of life. Yeah, I, uh, I try. Uh, they, they they still fight me on that. Yeah, man. You know, uh, um, just makes logical sense if you know really think about it. So, yeah, man. So, um, um, uh, in closing, um, uh, you mentioned we gonna we gonna no, I, I'm gonna say second to last, uh, uh, because uh, you mentioned something very important about losing your, your parents at a young age. So. If there was a young person right now who was, uh, let's say, uh, in high school um, and uh, um, going through uh, what that right now, what what advice would you give them as it relates to just just you know uh, um, just navigating and, and 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 you know keep on pushing and living? Um, what what advice would you give to a young person in this situation? Uh, wow. Well, I guess the, the main thing is is you know try to try to uh i don't say force but try to to to, to connect with somebody who can properly mentor you or be that support for you don't be don't don't be too prideful to ask for help and, you know that's probably my biggest issue is asking for help or even talking about the issues that you're that's going on because you know it, it builds up it doesn't really go nowhere. It sort of weighs you down in certain aspects of your life. So you need to have an outlet and also somebody that, that's gonna, you know, help, I don't wanna say help take off that burden, but just help you understand that burden so that you can do the right things to, to make, you know, to get the life that you want, you know, the lifestyle that you wanna have, um, which, which, you know, which is certain things that, that was missing out of me, uh, probably some things that I probably was seeking and and didn't didn't um, didn't know how to express or too afraid to express those things. Um, but I knew, I know there are there were people in my life that I could have gone to that could have helped me. It, not just you know help me you know not in terms of money or anything, but in terms of just the mental support, the mental side of it. And that right. you know I think that wasn't even talked about back when we were in school in terms of the mental aspect. Everything was all physical and being a man and being taking responsibility. But the mental aspect of it, you know, you need you need that you need that type of outlet, that person to not only to listen to you but also check you when you when you when you when you're tripping, you know, right. check when you when you when you think the world is out to get you. Um, and I, wish I had those people, or, or or at least I wish I reached out to those people when I was coming up. Um, so that's key things, and you know, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially on the on the mental aspects of it, because we were we were. The person that will lie to you the best and you will believe is yourself. You know, trust me. <laughs> so, hey, so let's let's end on a light note, man, because uh, you mentioned something that I totally forgot. How the hell did you end up being a cheerleader, man? And how how was that? Because I remember that I'm like, how the what? You know, because we know. Let's be honest, right? There's certain stigmas attached to being a male cheerleader. And you didn't give a crap about what people thought, and you did it. And uh, so I'm, I'm really curious as to how did you get into cheerleading, um, and, and was Robert Morris your first time doing? Um, in high school, I was trying, you know, I was trying to talk to the cheerleaders. There was, was, you know, PGs was for pretty girls, so you know, we had some bad cheerleaders, you know. Oh yes. So, so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying, you know. I'm trying to, you know, talk to some of the girls, you know, cheerleading wise at Largo. Uh, so, you know, 
So it was, ne it was never, it was nothing new for me to, to hang out and talk with the cheerleaders and, you know, fake like doing some stunts. So when I got to Robert Morris and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm big meat on campus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you're like, Hey, you know, we're great. We had some guys. So me and, uh, I know, uh, was it Andy Struggs was another one. And oh, I can't remember the other two guys, Ralph Clark was a, was a, was another one. Um, I did it out of boredom and, and to be around females, you know, you know, I'm trying, you know, trying to see what I can do, you know, you know, right. my shot inverted self never, never got nowhere with any of them, <laughs> but, you know, it was something to do in the fall and, you know, right. in the winter, I mean, in the winter. And, and my thinking was, I think the year before I came up there, Robert Morris made the NCAA championship for basketball. Right. And, and when you make the championship, they take the they take the cheerleading squad too. So my thing was, if I get on the cheerleading squad, they made the they made the to the NCAA. Hey, I get to go to the NCAA. <laughs> you know, that was really my main thing. Besides being bored, I said I get to go go to March Madness in right. front line seat. You know, of course they were they were terrible during the <laughs> so <laughs> so I was really you know blown. Um, so, <laughs> But that never happened. But you know, the weird thing is, I got in probably more gear from cheerleading because, you know, there were so many NCAA rules being a football player. Right. This, this is how fresh the program was for football. At that fresh year, they would give out T-shirts for player of the, of the week. We found out that was an NCAA violation, so they had to, we had to give the shirts back. Ah. Uh. They couldn't give us swag like that. I got more swag from cheerleading, you know, you know, yelling on the side, you know. Right. Even got some good dental plan because when they chip my tooth off the megaphone, I was still <laughs> more stuff from Chile than I was from uh from football. Football. I got to go to Syracuse to watch the the guys play Syracuse against uh was it Wallace? You know he and I saw him up close. I was like, wow, this is great. Right, right. You know, so uh it was just another experience. You know, you like I said, you like I like I said earlier, I I, I rolled in a lot of different circles. Cause my thing was, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see what the world's like, and I'm gonna be your, I'm gonna be your friend, and I'm gonna figure out what's going on in your culture so I can understand, you know, we can understand each other. And I think, you know, that's that was the thing for me, you know, because whenever anybody had an issue on campus, they'd be like, you know, hey, you know this person? Like, yeah, I know this person. So what's going on? I say, oh no, they, they, they didn't mean it like they, they, you know, just like, you know, I was always that mediator. Right. And part of that mediator is being around a lot of different circles. And chilling was just one of them. Um, you know, by my senior year, you know, you get that senioritis, you know, I'm really big time then, you know, I'm about, I'm about to graduate. You know, I'm thinking like, I'm, I might go to the league and stuff. So I'm like, All right, I ain't gonna do chilling, you know, senior year, but I enjoyed that time being in chilling and doing the dance routine. Got to be again doing cheering, <laughs> cheering routines. Right. Going up and down the court in a genie outfit, you know. <laughs> Me and Wes doing timeouts, playing go-go. So it was, it was, like I said, it was part of the, it's part of the show. It was part of the Big Meat show, and I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Well, my brother, man, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. You dropped some some uh, some dimes as it relates to some of these stories, man, and 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 you know, get those receipts, like you said, man. Uh, um, you know, again, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, again two-time ECAC champion, uh, truly uh, uh, the epitome of what a defensive tackle is supposed to do. 
um, and did his job extremely well. Uh, um, so um, shout out to coach, you know, an educator, father, you know, uh, 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 Otis Felder, my brother, I appreciate you, man. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Let me say one more thing. Yes, sir. Dante Payne needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, look, without without shadow of a doubt, Nick, Nick uh, Downs, that's his number one uh, priority is to get Dante in. Anybody understand football need to know, look, man, he, he ain't going to have a whole bunch of interceptions, but there's a reason why. So right. You know, people that know understand football, Dante Payne, is a uh, Robert Morris Athletic Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. For sh- without a shadow of a doubt. I know, I know, I don't have the stats. I know probably Nate and the whole whole first year, first year group probably had to had to fight somebody to get me in, but Dante needs to go in before before it's too late. He needs yeah. to get in. Yeah. Be in. And I think he will. I I'm 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 certain that that his time will come, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I said this on on a last podcast with uh, John Mirado, who's a younger guy that I, you you're not gonna know, but I think you know Rad probably um, Rad deserves to be in the NFL Hall of Fame as an innovator of the sport. I think that Rad should be in the Hall of Fame, and you know we we might have to be the ones to lead that charge. And again, um, nothing but the utmost respect to Joe Walton, our head coach. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah. Uh, 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 Payne should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. So again, brother, appreciate you, man. And uh, uh, as soon as I get this out, uh, got to go to the editor and get it all cleaned up and everything. But again, if you can find me a football picture of any kind, brother, that would help out. Just don't use my junior year picture where I had the little cuckle barrels like uh, Cam Newton. Just don't. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about too. <laughs> I remember now. Now I remember that. And hey. I purposely had my eyes wide just so that they didn't get But you got to send me a picture, man. All right. I, I, Whatever I, I, you I, want me to use for the flyer, because if you don't, <laughs> my picture for the original Mofo podcast is going to be up. I prefer okay. to have a picture of you. All right. I'll see what I got. All right, cool, cool, man. Again, appreciate you for your time, man. No problem, no problem. All right, bro, be easy. Peace. Yes, sir.